0: Hi, thanks for coming back. This is part two of, uh, my interview, uh, slash conversation with Andy Hardy. Enjoy. That was quite a tangent and I'm, I hope, I hope people don't mind. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's important for people to know, uh, some of that stuff. So I I hope our, I hope our listeners don't mind, but, um, I am curious because we we sort of alluded to it earlier. I'm curious about your your experience in the IFB cult, um, mm-hmm. and sort of some of the events that led up to your sort of exit. Um, yeah, and just what because I, I the 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 catalyst for the exit and the exit itself, I think are those are really obviously pivotal moments. But there's like people's stories are so different and the things that like the, the aha moments and the, um, right. Just that like those, those turning points are so, yeah, it can be anything for anybody. Um, so I'm just, I'm always really Um, interested to hear people's experience. So
1: I want to, I want to preface with aha moments. Um, my first aha moment I had inside the cult was when I was about, well, I don't know if I call it an aha moment. It really wasn't, it was a moment where I was like, this doesn't seem right. I was like eight years old, and I gave the church the best thing I could think to do. I had this change jar with all the change in it. Like a lot of kids do a piggy bank is what you call it, but mine was a mason jar. And my dad's like, oh, you know, well, well good job. You saved a lot of money. What are you going to do with it? And I thought about it for like a week. What am I going to do with this money? And the best thing I could think to do with it was give it to the church.
0: Because God like, needs your money
1: Right And I'm like I'm The day I was proud Because obviously my parents Very proud of me right. I'm a hero in the home Because oh you're a fan You're going to give the God Everything <laughs> yeah. you have Because it The widow and the two mites And I'm like Oh yeah And the day of it I'm holding the jar And I'm walking down the stairs And this is one of I don't know A few memories I have From that age But I'm just holding this jar And I'm thinking This is kind of screwed up
0: <laughs> in what way? Like- I'm just thinking,
1: I, I just thinking it's weird. I'm never, I mean, I'm at this age, I can't tell you I ha- even have a memory of spending money on anything. I remember parents buying me things, sure. few things, but I've never spent, I've never gone in and been like, hey, here's your money. You spend it at the canteen or you spend it here. At this age, I haven't spent money on anything. And the first thing I'm doing with my money is giving it to the church. Mm-hmm. And not just my money, all of my money, everything that I own, I'm giving to the church.
0: So in your mind, it was like, this is kind of screwed up because I like, I haven't used money for anything else. And I'm giving it all away to like, uh, to God basically. It's
1: not, this is going to really sound crass, but it would be like getting raped the first time you have sex.
0: Yeah, I, I understand that. Like it's like it's like this That's is not what
1: it's meant to be, right?
0: Like this is this is a perversion of like the like you're the experience the normal introduction to money and like the experience people are supposed to have with it. You're mm-hmm. like skipping past all that to to this extreme of yeah. Give every literally every cent you had at the at the moment as a young child to like your this is God's now. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah, and I think that's it's extreme, but the rape uh, parallels the easiest thing I can draw to it because it's all the pleasure of being able to you know deciding what you want to buy. You have this much money and you know, whether it's a Coca-Cola or a car it, it it's a fun it's a fun experience for mm-hmm. most people unless you're a psychopath. You know, you're um you're you're you have if you're spending more than $300 your body actually Scientifically, it has a chemical reaction to that. Yeah. And that's exciting. There's a um, there's a
0: philosophical framework for that. And it's it's the difference between enjoyment and pleasure.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: pleasure is the like I think I'm getting this right, is the anticipation of the event or thing. And it's it's that like time of like plant like what am I gonna do with this? I could do this, I could do this, exactly. I could do this. And you're getting you're getting so much pleasure out of that. Uh, and then like the enjoyment cut, kind of, like when you get the thing, when you get the object, but there's like, that's like and, yeah. v- a very short lived, like the newness of it is very short lived. And the, like the real, like, there's no enjoyment. Yeah. There's no the real jazz effect. is in there's the, no... like, what am I going to do? Like I could, I can right, do so yeah. many things with this, you know? Um, right. But it's, it's interesting that you're like, cause there, there is that for, for yeah. Like you said, most people, and then you're, especially for a kid, like, you're like, man, mm-hmm. like I saw this toy and I saw all this candy here and like I saw this and that and like all these things I could do, like, you know, a ninja well, turtle action figure or whatever. And Right. And to,
1: to footnote that, not just a kid, a very poor kid who didn't have any. Right. Like, I really did toys were not I mean, I had a one of those metal Tonka trunk <laughs> trucks with all the paint yeah. pulled off of it. Yep. That was Same. my toy. Yeah.
0: Used to be yellow, then it was like paint came off and it's like this, just the dull silver. Yeah, I
1: mean, it was, it was Stuart's toy and then it was my, well, mine was rusty. So I probably could have got, okay, there you go. But I mean, like, again, like not to make anybody feel sorry for me. I I don't care. Like, I think there's a lot of good in growing up poor. I'm creative because I was not given anything.
0: Some of my best, some of my best memories were like making imaginary toys out of like sticks and yeah, yeah. Yeah. I spent a lot of time alone doing that kind of stuff. I, I can totally relate
1: right. to that. We used to make lightsabers out of sticks. Yeah. We, we would actually carve the details into the handles yeah. and we were pretty, pretty good at it. Um. And uh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not upset about it. I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me, but it is fucked up.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: You would never let your child, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't, frankly, I would not praise my child if they had some money it was their first money and all they did was give it to an organization. Like I'm trying to think of something that you wouldn't praise your kid if they gave all their money to Hugh Hefner and like didn't get any porn out of it. Right. Right.
0: Got nothing. Yeah.
1: But the reality is people give their money to overpaid charities that aren't doing anything with the money anyway. And we praise them for it. Give your money to somebody and get something for it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that needs to be a thing. But we would, like if a kid, if we had a, a video, frankly, if there's a video of a, of an eight-year-old giving all the money they had to Red Cross, we'd be like, oh, you're so, you're amazing. Yeah. Well, you know what? It was, it was $2. They should have gone to the dollar store or they, they should have done something that meant something to them. That's mm. garbage. We shouldn't feel be like, raising people like that.
0: Do you feel like it'd be more important, like for, for a kid in that scenario or like even yourself, like at the story we're talking about, would it have been, you feel more valuable to you? for your parents to be like, you know, you could do that. Or like you, you worked hard to save up that money. So why don't, why don't you do something nice for yourself?
2: So and then instead of giving that
0: away, like, why don't you like, you know, perform an active service? Like, why don't you go like do something nice for somebody so, instead? Yeah. You know,
1: a- abso- absolutely. So, I mean like, yeah. So look at it. Like, let's say I had, I don't even know what it, let's say I had $10 if I invested that today, that would be not crazy, but let's say that was a couple thousand dollars. Hmm. I mean, do in a, just in a savings for,
0: account with like a decent interest rate, yeah. know, it would have been, or, uh,
1: yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at that, like if we taught people, is it really, I think a lot of it comes down to its management, money management,
0: yeah, Manage your I, money. Um, I think at the core of what we're talking about here too is is something that I've heard some other people talk about, which is the the idea that like throwing there's this extremely capitalist idea of if there's a problem, money can fix it. Like the like the the clean water problem in Detroit, for example, uh, or Flint. Uh, I guess it is not Detroit. Um, that money could fix it, right? If if we just had money. Uh, enough money and resources, we could fix the problem. Well, no, the problem exists because of poor infrastructure and poor planning. And, you know, like uh, there's a lot more that goes into it than just like spending the money to fix the thing. You know what I mean? Mm
2: -hmm. And so like, if you just throw
0: money at it, the problem will exist again in the future, 100% if that's the only thing that changes. And, you know, the same with like, you know, uh, homelessness and and, uh, addiction and everything else, there's this really capitalist idea that, that says like, if we just Throw money at it, then we can make it better and I, yeah. I guess it sort of comes back to the idea of like teach a man to fish you know sort of thing but yeah. like there I, I think there is some truth to that
1: homelessness in my opinion exists because our society is our society is so unhappy and our society is so it's behind in psychology but it's behind in and meaning. All of look at all of the churches. So if there are all of these churches and all of these organizations and all of these religions and they provide meaning for people's lives, how come there are so many people without meaning in their life? And the answer isn't because they're in church; they're not in church. The answer is because we think we need meaning because we're not Dude, creating our own meaning.
0: I I love that you're saying this. So uh, a, a lot of what I've been reading recently. If, if I'm talking about philosophy a lot, it's just because I've been reading. A lot of that a lot recently but share it all with me. Cause I read um, nothing, but I think I, I've, I think I've quoted it before on this podcast, but I, I think it's Descartes and I could be wrong. Um, it could be Nietzsche maybe cause Nietzsche was an nihilist, I believe, but there's, there's a quote from one of these guys right, that says, um, he's brilliant, but there's a quote from one of these guys that says true freedom is freedom from certainty. And his whole thing was I think it's Descartes, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, but he says, like, again, it's a very capitalist idea of uh, if, I, if I achieve this, then I will be happy. Like, that will be the thing. Or if I make this much money. Or if I get this position or if I do this job or if I, like... Basically, it's, a, it's an acquisitional philosophy of, like, if I acquire thing X, then that will fulfill me. And then, without fail... Every time we acquire thing X, we go, oh, that oh, wasn't, right it. wasn't it.
2: So, so then he, we
0: go, oh, it's, oh, it's, sorry, this was just a stepping stone. It's right. the next thing. Yeah, and so he says, like, it's, and, and so we
1: become our own Scientology.
0: Exactly. Exa- yeah. Cause we're just paying more and more into it, whether it's time uh-huh, or money or whatever. Yeah. And he says, like, it's, it's the capitalist, capitalist, capitalism is great for economies to an extent terrible for the human psyche. And so he said, cause he says it, it, translates into the human psyche and it tells us that certainty is like the ultimate um, acquisition, right? Certainty is the ultimate goal for, for our human psyche. And we're geared towards that. Anyway, we want certainty. We like putting things in boxes and, and understanding the world. That's why science exists. But he says like, since you're never going to achieve that, you should, you should find meaning in the now because you're never going to achieve some like ultimate enlightenment where you yeah. know you know everything about everything and like you understand and like you're certain of all these truths and everything so true freedom is actually freedom from, from certainty, certainty I, from it the might need have for I've
1: been Nietzsche cuz I just listened to all of Nietzsche's works are on YouTube in fact well, his unpublished work is somebody's gone in and actually read that.
0: Interesting. That so
1: fantastic. I just, yeah. I
0: just, uh, I just returned one of his collected works to the library. Um, but I'll, I'll, if his unpublished stuff is on YouTube, I'll check it out for sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but, but I, I think there there's tr- a lot of like, truth in that because like, and it's what you're saying, like it's, it results in a society that's like, well, this, this must, this is the thing that's going to provide this, meaning.
1: Right so I want to, this is kind of a humble brag, but at the same time, like I have not had a job since 2012. Um, And when I say I haven't had a job, I don't mean I haven't worked and I haven't made income. I have done both. I just haven't had a day job.
0: You've just been self-employed.
1: I've been self-employed. It hasn't always, you know, I think this last year I did self-employment. The best year I had was 40,000 or under, which is, that's okay, but I was working my ass off and not really worth the time I put in to get that money out. And so it's, I've been that's focusing better than, on... That's
0: better than most, though, that like set out to be self-employed. You know, there's... It
1: is, but my focus now is how do I spend less time and make more money? And it's not a... It is a selfish thing. It's not something that you have to be a bad person to do. And again, because of how I grew up, I always thought you did. And you don't. Um But you do have to pay less attention to things. You have to learn how to scale. And learning how to scale yeah. is all about getting the right people involved.
0: Have you read the four hour work all, week? No, Tim I've Paris. heard a lot about it. It's take it with a grain of salt, but it is, yeah. it is a really, As you, it's a really good book. Okay. I should, and ask it is, if I can listen, it is to on it. audio. <laughs> it is on audio.
1: Okay. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I will definitely listen to that. it will be my next, uh, mountain, but, um, it's a, it's become about scaling and, and figuring shit out. And one of the things that I had to do this year was go get a job, which is not hard at all to do. And and so one, one thing out there for anybody listening to this is looking for a job. It's when you are, first of all, you write a resume for every job you apply to. Yeah.
2: You don't write one
1: and apply to 10 jobs. Yep. And the next thing you do is you write it thinking about the person who's going to read it, not about what you think is important. Um, and if you can do that, then you'll, you'll be able to land any position. If you can nail an interview, which shouldn't be hard. So if you can write, if you can.
0: Yeah. I just, just real quick. Cause I, I, this is like really, really practical advice and I think it's useful. And I think it's relevant to, to probably a lot of people that are listening because who wouldn't like a better job? Right. Um, there's talk more about writing the resume for the person reading it versus what you think is impressive because, In my experience, like just applying for other jobs, there's a huge disconnect between what I have thought, like coming into the interview, what I've thought, like I think they're going to ask me about this on my resume and this on my resume because I think it's impressive, and it's not. That's not. That's they don't care about that at all.
1: That goes into figuring out as much as possible about the about the job, which companies unilaterally. Fail at putting a practical job listing out.
0: Right, companies are as bad at writing job descriptions as most people are writing resumes. (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely.
1: So you, your best bet is if you can't do anything else, call somebody in that position and ask them what their job entails.
0: Great idea. If you
1: can literally not do anything, if you can't find anything else about the job, call them up whether you have to pretend to be a customer, whether you have to become a customer. And by the way, if you're looking at something in sales, know the product inside and out or own it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, can't do either of those two things, don't get into it. Uh, you're just not going to, you're going to be idea. a happy person. Anyways, so, or, or connect so,
0: with somebody with that job on LinkedIn and just ask them questions, yeah. you know, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Great get, idea. It,
1: get into it because that's, yeah. So, I, I had to go get a job. I went right back to, to men's clothing because clothing is my bitch, um, <laughs> and it's it's been fantastic. I work crazy hours. I put in over Christmas. I put in weeks of almost eighty hours, and that's it's keep. I have an hour and a half commute to my job. I'm gone from my home three to five days a week, and um, I'm happy. I am fulfilled, and I. I'm happy. I just don't know how else to say it. I'm coming up on like the next I was just saying at the beginning of this podcast, I will probably not have a day off for the next two and a half weeks because I'm flying out to California. Um it's a Hardy Boys media related event. We are going to the National Investors Convention with one of our clients who wants us to film them interacting with people there.
0: That's awesome.
1: Um it is awesome. But it does mean that the next two weeks I'm not gonna get a day off. But I'm gonna be I'm happy. I'm slightly overworked, but I'm happy. And the reason I'm able to be here is because I'm, the reason I'm able to be happy is because I am dry, I'm focusing on the purpose that I have built my life around. And so what I did is I reinvented my life from the ground up, leaving the church, found what meant something to me. And then in the very beginning, there were two things I couldn't live without. And one was a cup of coffee and the other one was making my bed. And right now my bed hasn't been made in a week and I can go 2 or 3 days without having a cup of coffee but those two things grounded me and they were my anchors and that's what I built my life on
0: so just just pausing there for a second cuz I like I I can relate so much to what you're saying just right there just like having t- like two or three or even one just like a whether it's a physical practice or a physical item or a food or a place or something, something that, that grounds you. And I, I think grounds you is, is the perfect way to say it, but like mm-hmm. in, and I think what you mean by this, cause I, like I, the reason I'm relating to this is like when in, in anxious or stressful or, you know, uh, turbulent or whatever, changing, you know, circumstances or or whatever the case may be, there is at least this thing. It's, it's like, it's like, uh, outsourcing certainty, right? It's like, it's like, well, there's this, no matter what else is going on, there's this.
1: Here's my thing. If I can have the worst day of my life, my entire world can go to pot. I can lose a place to live. But if I have enough money in the back of my pocket, in my, in my back pocket to go buy a cup of coffee and watch the sunset, I can be happy.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's. I felt like that's what you were getting at, and I, I, I just wanted to pause yeah. there because I think that's. I think it's beautiful, and I think that's important. And that I, is, I think it's important for, for everyone of, to have something like that.
1: The two things are important, and for me, it was always just a cup of coffee, and then the bed making came later. But the bed making shows the organization. I need organization in my life, and the cup of coffee is the fact that. We all need something in our life that is just a little bit extra. It's a luxury. We all need our own luxuries. Yeah. yeah. But to define a lot of people who lose all their money gambling or on alcohol or whatever, a lot of times they haven't found there's a there's a luxury you can find. I believe this and I believe it's for a personality type for people like me. Mm-hmm. Everybody's different, but for my personality type. You can find an affordable luxury of something you can afford every single day that allows you reflection and allows you to not feel like a failure.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like it also provides like a sense of, a little bit of a sense of control to you? Like, like this is, this is a, like, was, it's almost like a ritual. No, <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> like I know that, that's, the, that's, bed, that's bed part of it for me for sure. Absolutely absolutely a ritual and some people want ritual but my ritual i guess would be the way i get ready in the morning i have the same routine whether i got five minutes or five hours and uh, you hear a lot about routine Uh and as much as i buck that idea i have my routine i have you know
0: i I live uh, in my brush yeah i live and die by routine
1: brush my teeth i have my coffee right we all have our own routines and that gets you ready and if you miss one step it can really jack your day up um I think that is important. Uh, and, but, but as far as like control, it's totally like, um, the, the job I have, I manage a store, it's a clothing store, but it's sales. I make half, or well, I'd say a third of my paycheck is, is my um, commissions. And I think to really be successful and to not be paranoid and to not just have crippling anxiety you need to realize that everything is beyond your control, um, and so and uh, so. Also, in life, everything is outside of your control. The universe is not even controlled chaos; it's just chaos. And and so uh, let me let me go back. I'm sorry, I'm, 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 I forgive me to the audience and you. I am no, very drunk, but
0: not at all. This I, is all this is all valuable. I think so.
1: Like, coming, coming back to the beginning of what I started to say a minute ago, I'm happy and I'm fulfilled because I built my life around purpose. And my two anchors, which I mentioned earlier, were what helped me get through a life, days, hours of not really having a life. I lived with my, I lived with my parents, didn't have my own house, and... I I didn't have purpose in the beginning, and then I began to to hone in on my skills. I was a tailor, so I began to sew. I didn't have other people's stuff to sew. So what I did is I focused on my own wardrobe, all of the clothes in my closet, my shirts, I made them all fit better. My suits, I made them all better. I took suits apart that fit perfectly to figure out why they fit perfectly, and I did most of it on camera, and I grew an audience, and I built a brand on Facebook that then began to send me clients. And instead of, I could have gone and gotten a nine to five at McDonald's or whatever. And frankly, I was not mentally prepared to do that. This was was the best way for me to get back into it. But I built that brand and I got married last year. I needed more income. And when I went to work, it wasn't under the delusion that I was going to run this company or that I was going to make a paycheck I could never actually make in this position. I knew what I was going to make. I negotiated the shit out of the position I got because I went in there and they, we make a minimum hourly, like waitresses used to right. in some places, yeah. but we make, have, have an hourly <clears throat> minimum. And what I quoted them as an hourly minimum was exactly what it was, enough money to pay all of my bills to get me up there and have enough money spending money left over. So my commission is always extra on top of my check. I'm not relying on commission. That's a very dangerous place to be. And I didn't know that they were going to accept it, but they needed someone bad enough to do what I was going to do. And they accepted it. That's awesome. So it was fantastic, but that was all me. I had some people would be like, I need this job badly. So I'm not going to ask for what I need. Well, that's terrible because now you have a job you can't afford. Right. You'll always be miserable there.
0: Yeah. And that's just, you're just setting yourself up for resentment down the road. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah,
1: you're hurting, you're crippling yourself. So I'm happy where I'm at because I've set myself up to be happy, but I'm also where I'm at because of focus and because of the fact that I've built, my life has purpose. Now my main purpose right now, making Hardy boys, media work, scaling it. I just lost a client. doesn't make me happy. they were a Christian client. That part makes me happy. (laughs) They were pains in the ass. They were a real pain in the ass. They demanded everything. They wanted it done cheaply. And they were holier than thou all the time. Can't deal with it. I miss their money, but I don't miss them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, One of the best bosses I ever had, uh, used to tell me replacing, replacing like whatever, you know, whatever that client was spending every month, replacing that money would be no big deal, but replacing a bad client is the easiest thing in the world. like, like replacing replacing the money, like we'll figure that out. But uh-huh. if we have to replace a bad client with three good ones, fine, let's do that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I <coughs> I, I hear you there. Sorry about all the coughing. That's okay. If anybody heard that,
1: I just went down wrong. But yeah, no, I'm just so I got fed up with them. Uh, I should have fired them, but I let them fire me. Yeah. Which is fine. It's a learning experience for the company.
0: Yeah. Um. It's It's one of the most. One of the greatest feelings in the world is firing a client, It's one of my favorite things.
1: It, it is. Um, you know I'd be honest with you like and this, this is something I wanted to communicate earlier to you about the guilt. I, and part of it's the whiskey <laughs> right now, but I do not this year has been so crazy, growth wise for me I feel. Uh, okay uh, let me give you for instance the regional manager was in in the night after we did inventory in our store which by the way the store i have is in it's in st louis galleria and if anybody's familiar with st louis this is southern midtown we're in between two of the most expensive areas to live but we're bordered by a rougher area yeah our shrink the last the last fiscal year was $65,000. Shrink, shrink meaning
0: uh, like how much like stolen, basically stolen, stolen goods. It was stolen. In somebody case st- in case somebody listening store. hasn't worked retail yes. ever. That's what that means.
1: <laughs> somebody stole <clears throat> $65,000 of our merchandise last year. This year it was 14,000. That's amazing. Which is a 77% yeah, decrease. that's amazing. Which is phenomenal. And that was due to, the uh, training manager, Kevin, uh, really working his ass off, and then the rest of the staff, including me in the short time I've been there, just really, like, the the focus has been intense on making sure crap didn't get taken. That kind of a drop is um,
0: is unheard of, by the way, in, in retail. The, yeah,
1: they were planning on closing this store, and now it's in line to get a refresh. That's which amazing. Is, just shows you, I and mean, when, when I say a refresh, I'm talking about they're going to drop a, about a quarter of a million dollars on the store. That's now. amazing. Uh, one that just lost them sixty five thousand dollars this last, or last year, not this year, yeah. but uh, so that is significant. Um, but uh, I'm trying to remember where I was Growth. going with that.
0: Growth and guilt.
1: <laughs> Growth uh,
0: and firing clients. i I'm
1: lost. Firing client. Yeah. That's fantastic. Firing clients. That's all the stuff
0: we were talking about. I know. Um, I
1: can't remember where I was headed with that, but, um,
0: well, so if, if you want, so you, you were saying, um, so like your, your life now has purpose, which is amazing. Um, but part of that, part of, part of setting all that up was, oops, was, uh, exiting the, the, The cult at some point, yes, and all that craziness. Yeah,
1: I really I want to apologize to anybody if I just wasted your time because I had a reason for that tangent. I have just lost it. I
0: this (laughs) I love I love the podcasts that go like this. I don't know if anybody else does, but I love them because like I this is the kind of conversations I love having. Anyway, we just you start somewhere, Mm -hmm. and then by the end of the conversation, you're like, I have no clue how we got there. But well, we're, here it we was are. fantastic, and here we are. But um, so I, you don't, no need to apologize. If if people didn't, okay. if people got tired of it, they stopped listening, and that's fine. And anybody that's still here that's is true, true. here on purpose. But um, so I, I think it's important though to talk about your experience with. I, I know the story, so that's that's why I think it's important to talk about it. Um, but to talk about your experience with with the some of the events leading up to you getting out. Um, and then what that experience itself was like. Um, and, and as, as we talk, I, I think as you talk about it, it'll be, it'll be obvious to people why I think it's important to talk about, but, um, I just, I think, I think your story is an important one. I th- I think it's one that can help people.
1: Yeah. Do you want me to start like college or before
0: <coughs> wherever you feel like you should? And, and don't like, you can share as much or as, as little as you want to, you know, like, a, I mean, like a, so.
1: I'm going to overshare if I do anything. Cause that's my life. That's,
0: that's fine. Um, um I just, <laughs> so this isn't like a, I, you know, like an expose tell all podcast, yeah, so you no, do whatever w- you're comfortable with.
1: Okay. I want to preface a few things, but I mean, like grew up in Indiana. My dad then moved to St. My dad moved to the whole family of St. Louis to be an assistant pastor and to run a school. We moved from there to, um, Alabama he worked for Randy Toll. Randy Toll is my first taste of a mega church. Randy Toll is my first taste of a complete piece of shit person. Yep.
2: I've, um, I've had run-ins garb- with him.
1: Yes, he's a garbage person to the core. I, and frankly, if he were running a business, it would be fine. It's just that he's running a church. By the you shouldn't do this.
0: By the way, I just I want to mention again. Like I I know this podcast is called Good Humans, and I I generally am pretty positive on this podcast, but I. I'm not telling you Andy to not be negative about people because the reason I'm saying this is, is this is intentional. I like anytime stuff like this comes up, I don't hold back from naming names and, and calling people pieces mm-hmm. of shit that deserve to be called pieces of shit because I think it's important. And part of being a good human is, is knowing what the bad looks like. And, yeah. and uh, I think it's important for people to know that. So I like, I just, I don't want people to be like, oh, what the hell? What's what's going on? like, it's. I'm aware that like this isn't all like happy, I mean, touchy feely, yeah. lollipops and rainbows, but that's the nature and of life too. I'm sorry
1: if I bring. I don't want to bring the mood down. No, no, no. I,
0: I, that's not. I don't want you to feel like that's why I was saying that. I just big,
1: a big part of being responsible as a human being is calling bullshit. Yes. And now I know exactly where I was going with what I was saying. Okay, good. With what I was saying earlier. So I was talking about us doing inventory, and our shrink was down for the year. Yeah. I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm happy I remember this because it's important, even if you have to cut this out of the podcast, it's important no, not to, at to all. say it to you personally, is we have just launched a chat bot, or it's not a chat bot, it's a chat program where we use our phones as store salespeople- to oh, nice. talk to the clients online um, And We had just finished inventory And the regional manager was there And he was rewarding people And he rewarded one of my salespeople, And he's like You did X number of chats so He's like good job Andy You did 8 chats Well I had done 82 chats And I'm like what do you mean I did 8 chats He's like well I've got you know He had the metrics print out And I'm like dude I don't know where they're getting their numbers And I pulled up the app to show it to him so then he wound up not only giving me the reward he gave the other guy, but actually doubling it. Nice. And I was like, I felt like an asshole almost immediately. And then the more, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I've been putting in 80-hour weeks. I got married. I came back a week later. And I dove headfirst into this nightmare, which was firing people and just cinching the belt on everything, pushing concept. I So if I can – when we sell a suit, mm-hmm. we don't make crazy profit margins. Our money is made on everything else that we sell right. besides suits. That's where the real revenue in this business is. Concept is when you sell a suit plus other things. So. Our concept numbers need to be high. So, if you have an average concept of hundred dollars, that means every time you sell a suit, you're selling hundred dollars of other merchandise. Air quotes. Um, I was putting four and five hundred dollar concepts on people's suit sales, just stacking for other people. It's not something I'm paid to do. I'm not making any. Re- I'm not making any profit. I'm just doing that for other people because. And I'm the concept seller at our store because I, it's the way I think. It's my nature is when I sell someone a suit, I'm not selling them a suit. I'm selling them a shirt and a tie and shoes because that's when I go buy that. That's exactly what I would personally do. Right. Um, so it's a very natural to me to put and. But I thought about that. And I'm like, I've been working my ass off, and I say, I say nothing. I've worked the longest stretch I've had has been about eleven days. I'm not concerned with it. I communicate with management, but I understand the need for it right now. And being able to take that step back, one, is just the fact that my head is clear because I'm not in a whirlwind, which I mentioned earlier about poor people who are going to church and giving all their money to church. Mm -hmm. When you're not in that whirlwind, it makes it easy to see things from the right perspective. I'm not broke because I went in telling them exactly what I needed. So that means on my days off, I'm not freaking out about, do I have enough money to go do something or, you know, do I have enough money to do something nice for my wife? Um, Do I have enough money to put gas in my car? These are things I do not have to worry about that because when I went in, I told them what I needed and they gave it to me. Um, So it's all, I mean, it's a clusterfuck of stuff, but it's every, it's doing things right. And you can't. First of all, we weren't taught to do them right, and when you're in that environment, it is nigh impossible to do all of those things right. Right. And when every everything fits together, you've done it right. I, I quoted the numbers I needed to quote, so that means the longer hours are fine because I know I know what I'm doing. And the focus when I'm having downtime is the fact that this money supports me, supports the business, and that's that's the direction I'm going. But. When I when I called the man, the regional manager on the carpet, I felt like an asshole briefly, and then I began to realize everything I'd done to earn the rewards he gave me, and in in that is where I began to find the um I'm trying to think of the the closure, I guess. Yeah, and that's where I wanted to say to you. I want to encourage you because I know that it's hard to do that, but the reality is, if you genuinely look at the shit you've done. And whenever you have a situation like that, whenever you ask for a rise, a raise, it would, if you will genuinely look at the hours you've put in and the fact that you are probably working at least a third harder than everyone else around you, there is no need for you to feel ashamed. Yeah, there is 100%. no need for you to feel any, any way, but like you absolutely fucking deserve it. Yeah. We have a complete – people who have been raised like us have a complete lack of entitlement in the right areas,
0: <laughs> yeah okay good i'm glad you clarified because yeah it's it's a it's a lack of not even i guess entitlement would be a word for it yeah it's it's a lack of like self-value yeah you know self-worth. yeah it's no self worth. it's um al- like almost taking pride in not having any self-worth at all
1: which is horrible yeah
0: that's that's not a healthy way to live at all um, I know
1: that's not where we were supposed to be going with that.
0: No, that's that's totally fine. Um, so, yeah, we can we can from here we can go wherever you wherever you would like to go, whatever you I know want to share.
1: I know it's getting late, so I'll try to keep it quick.
0: It's, but, um, I'm all good. I'm in it. So,
1: okay, all right. We're fine. So, I mean, we moved around as kids. Randy Toll is my first taste of a of a piece of shit human being, and that's where I would say. In a way, that's where my exit started. Not, not because it, not 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 in a literal sense, but in a um, physical sense.
2: Yeah. It how will, how old were you at that point?
1: Sixteen years old. Okay. So at at sixteen years old, my dad was working a hundred plus hours a week at the church. So when he um so we went crazy. to that church, Randy told demanded that my mom work full time there. Um. For the first year, but he didn't tell anybody until she didn't show up for her first day of work, which is insane. Um, my mom has a lot of physical ailments, so that wasn't an option. So he just put the workload on top of my dad.
2: Wow.
1: He was already working 80 plus hours, so now it's a hundred plus hours. <laughs> this you're gonna you're gonna fucking love what I'm gonna say next. Um Tom uh Kim what's his name? Tom Kimmel. I want to say Kimball, who but Tom is, Kimmel, who is
0: also in prison for essentially running a Ponzi scheme.
1: Yes. And I, what I'd like to say to that is, this is absolutely of my opinion that he was nothing but a fall person for that. I don't think he knew anything about it. And I don't think he was, um, those are my thoughts. Eh. Don't know that they're true.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm not entirely convinced of that, but that's it, possible.
1: Okay. I mean, I'm not like, Yeah. We can. We'll discuss that at a later time. But Tom Kimmel came to the church giving financial advice, which is something that the the Baptist and this is one thing that people disagree with me on, including my brother. I cannot stand the people who create businesses that feed on churches. And one of the person, one of the people who I have no empathy or sympathy for, who is dying of cancer right now, is Patch the Pirate. Ron Hamilton. Oh yeah. And not to be rude or crass, but he made all of his living off of the church.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: And if he if he knew anything about the crap that was underneath that, he had no right to do so. Yeah. But then again, that's where you have to decide whether you're going to choose business or morality.
0: I, I was going to say, if if you're like, if you're strictly a business person, like building a business that preys on church people is, I mean, it's shrewd for sure. It's not. Oh, for sure. That's uh, one thing that. It's not, it's not the, it's not the nicest thing to do.
1: <laughs> it's not, not if you, well, that's where I, I preface that was saying if he knew anything about it.
0: Right. Like,
1: right. I, I would imagine he couldn't, but if he, or that he could not, but. If in the event that he didn't know anything about it, then I would say he's absolved of that crime. Well, the saving grace, I would say, of someone like Dave Ramsey is the fact that he's come into churches and used churches to propagate and make money, but at the same time, he's done more good for people than any pastor ever has, probably.
0: Yeah, I think people have genuinely been helped. Um, it's funny, because like the the church uh, that like I go to sometimes here, um, they're hosting another... Uh, one of those, um, mm-hmm. Cecilia and I actually went through that, uh, when we were engaged. Um, and I don't agree with everything he says. Some of it makes sense. Uh-uh. Um,
1: not, not giving the money. The tithing thing to me is the most frustrating thing yeah. because that's,
0: it's frustrating that is that's is a that he part always, of
1: it. Part of it. Yeah. So, and I mean, back to, I think it's great to give money away. But one thing I love Dave Ramsey says is if you can't pay your bills, you've got no right giving money yes. to anybody. Yes,
0: um, a lot of what he says is really practical. That- but he like he gets into a lot of stuff that like like I, I was just thinking about this the other day too. My freshman year of, of college at Hiles Anderson, the, the cult college that I went to, uh, mm-hmm. the there was a fi- financial a financial class. Um, I think it was just called <laughs> finance or something like that. <laughs> Uh, was part of my freshman class load. Um, and the guy stood up in front of an auditorium full of children, 18 year old children, and told us we were essentially pieces of shit if we didn't carry a running balance of at least a thousand dollars in our bank account. And like, not all of these kids are paying their own way through college. I was, but not all of them were. Some of them that like their parents are paying, but still like what college student has at any given moment, a thousand dollars just untouched. And he like, and he was like saying, if you don't have that right now, like you're like making us feel like a piece of shit. But like, it was like, it's that kind of stuff. So like Dave Ramsey gets into that territory a little bit too, sometimes where it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, like I understand this is the ideal, but like, let's talk about the practical for a while. But like, then some of what he says is practical too. So it's, it's kind well, of a mixed
1: bag. I mean, the three to, three to six months is a good idea. Yeah. Um, so I currently have what I have. I'll just be honest with you because I don't, I'm me. Um, I have a savings account. 20% of my paycheck goes into that.
0: That's fantastic. Every time
1: I get paid. Yeah. Now, that sounds fantastic. There's only 300 bucks in that account. I do have $1,000 in, in an emergency fund. Which is earmarked emergency one, but it's a savings account. Dave would be proud of you. Only allowed, I know, he would be. uh, Thank you. Now, that number needs to be higher because that's not six months of expenses for me. So he wouldn't be proud of me. Well,
0: I mean, but he always says like the $1,000 is a starting point.
1: It's a good, it's not a bad number. I can't tell you, I'll be honest with you. Look, I'll be 100% honest. 500 will do the job. Unless, you've, unless you're driving a, a new car or you've got a seriously expensive house or apartment, 500 bucks is gonna save your ass every single time. Here's what he doesn't talk about. This is to me what's really been important to learn in finance, especially if you're in a relationship. Well, no, if you have pride, I'll just say if you have pride, you need a floating account. You make up the number. My number's 200. 200 seems to be the sweet spot for me. You go out to eat with someone. Like I took, we, we took you out to eat, and it wasn't oh, special because yeah, yeah. you only ordered a salad, which is really <laughs> annoying. But we've got a floating account for that shit. If something comes up, you're going through town, you don't have money to take someone out to eat, or you get invited out to eat and you don't have money to pay, that, just, that hurts. It does. That hurts. Yep. And I've then that's there. an opportunity that you've lost. That's time. That's a part of your life that you've lost. So you make up the number. Maybe it's 50 bucks. whatever it is. Just leave that money there. I, I to me that's been more important than an emergency fund. I don't know that I've ever actually dipped into the emergency fund for an emergency. Nine times out of a ten, nine times out of ten, it's something like that. Yeah. Which is why there is a thousand dollars in my emergency fund and there's a two hundred dollar floating account because my branch manager was like, Hey, I see that this is your habit and we're having to do this. Why don't you try doing this? And this is pretty much what he suggested, and it's worked out perfectly. <laughs> so, right. um, so I mean, like that thousand dollars. Who knows if it'll ever really get touched? Because when do you really have an emergency? Yeah. Uh but that's nice. I don't know long term. That may only be five hundred bucks until I get a newer car. Because right now, both of our cars, like if there's a thousand dollars worth of damage that that's the only thing I can think of. That's like, we're going to be like, Oh yeah, we got to spend a grand on this. If it's a grand it's totaled and we're just going to get a new car.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
1: like, you know what I mean? So,
0: uh, yeah, I actually, speaking of which, like we're, I don't know, I don't know what the weather is like where you're at right now, like near St. Louis, but we're, we're getting a lot of like extreme, Cold, like single digit Wednesday, it's supposed to be like negative 18 here or something like that, negative 15. Um, yeah. But we just had like really black, like really bad black ice the other day. And I was mm. in a parking lot just like trying to park and like turned a corner, hit the brakes, just slid, slid, Spun slid around. right into another car. So, like, gotta, like, oh. yeah, gotta take care of that. But, like, yeah, so stuff like that, you know, d- it does happen, but you know. That's what insurance yeah, is absolutely. for and, and,
1: and whatever. So like having, if you have the option and like, I know we got into finance and that wasn't the plan, but if you've got the option to deposit a chunk of your check and you can, hang on, you can afford it. That's the preface. If you can afford it, like yeah. if it, even if it's 10% of your check, which is your tithe, then you'd be surprised how fast just take your tithe that and set up. an account. If you want to know how much money you're giving a church. And that adds up crazy faster than you, would, you could imagine. Yep. But if you could take a chunk of it, because my, my account lets me to put a dollar deposit um, or a percentage. So I put my, all of my essentials, which is 100, and I'll just be honest with you because I love, I love being real. I spend $140 a month on gas and food to drive an hour and a half away and to pretty much eat out lunch most of the week. I try to pack a lunch, but it's an hour and a half drive, some stuff that you just can't pack,
0: right? Um That's really good.
1: So it's a hundred and I'm sorry, I said a month. I'm sorry, that's a pay period, hundred and thirty. So it's two hundred and sixty dollars a month. Okay.
0: That's sixty dollars a month. That's more that's that makes more sense to me. I was gonna say like a hundred and forty a month would be I like thirty really or hundred and forty. Yeah.
1: So it's two still that's that's pretty good. It's two sixty or two hundred eighty. Two eighty a month. That's food and gas that takes care of all of my expenses pretty much for that and then the rest of it the 20 percent um goes into my savings account doesn't get touched and then the rest of it gets deposited into what is my business account and whatever doesn't wind up getting eaten eaten up in like housing expenses or whatever that goes out directly into business and usually that's a good chunk of my paycheck just gets put right back into my business and now if you don't have a business that you can call that lifestyle or you can put it into savings or whatever you want to sure. put into um but uh it's not like if you that has been really useful i remember the first two times i had jobs i had this option like having this anxiety and thinking like, well, if I do that, like if I commit to this, that's going to be crazy. And then what if I can't live? And like I'm crazy. And a lot of it just had to do with where I was coming from. But I just bit the bullet when I started this position. I was like, I just want to see what happens. I'm going to and I just typed in some percentages and I did some math and got certain numbers and I had to adjust the living expenses needed to be adjusted a couple of times. But it's been awesome. Yeah. So I mean I absolutely recommend like take a chunk, even if it's like five percent, just put it in an account and see what happens.
0: Like it's crazy. Yeah, that's cool. I've um, I've been fiddling with uh investing recently. I've I've used acorns for a I while. Um and I, I like acorns, although I, I usually don't keep the money in there long enough to make any kind of dividends Too uh uh-huh. but i i just recently downloaded not sponsored by the way by any of these products um uh, but i robin i just downloaded robin hood <laughs> um and i've been looking at that so i haven't actually like put any money into it but i i'm i'm looking at a few things um i'm looking i you got, I'm looking to you invest got, in the in the marijuana to... industry to be quite honest
1: Oh, yeah, dude, um, I, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. And yes. <laughs>
0: I think that's I think that's a smart move at the moment. But uh, especially since Michigan yes. just just legalized it or is in the process of legalizing it. Um, Illinois won't be far behind, I think. Um, and that's where I'm mm-hmm. at right now. So we'll see what happens. It's interesting yeah, to no, me, to I'd, say the I'd, least.
1: I jump. On, I would get a loan for that so fast. Not like that's something there's some stuff I wouldn't get a loan on, but I wouldn't think twice about. If I knew that a cannabis store was going to open up, I, I would. Yeah. yeah.
0: I um, actually what I've been looking into recently is uh, because I because I'm in digital marketing. This is just where my brain went. I've been looking mm-hmm. into uh, find I want to try and find a publicly traded marketing agency that specializes in cannabis.
1: Why don't we just create one?
0: Because I because I'm not really an entrepreneur. Damn. I if you want to do that, See, that's I right. I will. Well, I mean, it doesn't even advise doesn't even or consult publicly traded. But
1: it can be a private organization of investors that just invest into cannabis stuff.
0: I mean, that's I guess so, that's true. But so I'm just I'm just this, not so entrepreneurial minded, to be honest. And I, you, I can't.
1: Yeah, I know. Do you know uh, John Keister? Yeah. So he, I, he, I want actually, this is,
0: this may be news to John. We've talked a little bit. I actually, I want to try and have him on the podcast at some point.
1: Oh um, yeah, definitely do. Um, I'm going to, this year will be the first year, but I'm going to start investing with him because he gives you 1% back a month on whatever you put in. Oh, that's awesome. Which is 12% a year. That's impressive. Um, and then I've got another idea. So talked about music and I talked about videos. I've shot two music videos. I, Love doing it It's just so much fun The energy Getting on set With like musicians Is, is insane
0: Dude Um, I it, I hear you <laughs> um, As a musician myself I like The times I think that I've felt The most alive Are Those moments And not like mm-hmm. Not even It's not Not even if it's just it, Like not big gigs either Just like Just like Getting in a room And you know That something's about to happen you Yeah know, It's it's so cool.
1: Well, yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't need to be big. It can be something, you know. Yeah. Music's, music is there's a reason why music musicians make so much money and why it's such a I even know how to how to reference it.
0: A cultural cornerstone. It,
1: yes, but it it's will important. always be something that generates mass wealth. Yep. On many sides. And it's because of the way that it speaks to people and because of the way that people feel about it. It's amazing. But um, I've got this idea for a business, and maybe somebody will steal it from me, and that's fine. And if you make more money than me, then buy me coffee sometime. (laughs) I appreciate it. Um, But what I'm going to do is I've got a musician I'm working with, and I've been trying to figure out a way, because she doesn't have money to pay for the videography and the editing, which is a lot of work. And money, and my idea is to go ahead and pay for everything up front, and then get all of and I know you 're not entrepreneurial, but i 'm just throwing this out here because i 'm shooting shit right now get all of the video run ad revenue, and I have um, Amazon affiliates, so that gives me fifteen percent of any CD bought through amazon right so that's that's, not a bad uh, that's idea. an idea yeah. I have. <clears throat> Because then you're not you're not
0: cutting into like you're not cutting into their streaming revenue, their purchase revenue, uh, like royalties, anything I'm like not that. Not cutting into
1: any of her. Profits. All you're cutting into yeah.
0: is the peripheral. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I'm only taking what I gave
0: right. them. That's a really because what that's a really good idea. What they
1: didn't have was a YouTube video, right? So taking the YouTube video Run Avenue is fine because they're still getting all of the. Um, advertisement yeah. essentially out of the video. Yeah. That's a good idea. They're getting all of the branding, the views. So, yeah, I'm kind of fucking around with that. So, what we've been, we put together a video like last year, and I told her what the budget would be. And that was just like the best idea I've come up with so far. So, anyway, I like that you think it's a good idea. That makes me happy. And I think I'll probably go to her with that and say, so what I want to do I think it is a and good if idea. It, if, I, it in, if I can make it copyable
0: then it ensures her too that you're like on your end you're going to make that video as, as visible as possible well yeah uh, and as shareable make, as possible because you want to make your money on it so like right yeah, I think that's a great idea
1: but then it gives me a creative angle where I get, okay that was <laughs> working on the last music video I did, one of my biggest frustrations. Was the overwhelming amount of control that the musician herself had in the edit? Because there was a scene in there that just didn't belong in that video. That's gonna
0: be the nature of musicians, I'm afraid.
1: Exactly. So this gives me all of the power. So that means this gives me the, if I'm good at editing, if I'm good, well, if I'm good at production, which I believe I am, maybe I'm not, but if I am good, that means that'll allow me to take this genre, at least, this person that I'm working with to the next, to a higher standard, to a higher level than they've ever been before.
0: Yeah. That's. And I. I'm, I like it. It makes sense.
1: So, but there is something significant. Gary Vaynerchuk referenced this the other day getting basically just letting go of your work and yeah. letting someone else take it from you. Yeah. Because. It's tough. You can't do what somebody else can do. Yeah. But anyway, sorry. I know. I
0: no, that's okay. Do
1: we still have time to, to go about my exit? And yeah,
0: we have We have as much time as you want.
1: Okay. I'm, you're going to like spend forever going through all this. <laughs> but, um, so back to, if anybody's still here, back to, um, Alabama, we went to Alabama, crazy, crazy long hours, um, I was working insane hours. So basically, here was my schedule as a 16-year-old kid in high school. I get up, and this has a big part of this was influenced by Ray Young. Oh yeah, Uh, I think he gets up at like 3:19 in the morning, whatever the hell that's for. I got up at 4:30 every morning. I ran a mile, took a shower, I read my Bible like I was supposed to. I did have my prayer time, which I the fact that I didn't just sleep and I made time for that. Impressive. I'm, ugh, I'm appalled by. No, I'm appalled by. I'm, I'm annoyed because I'm paying as an adult. I'm paying for the fact that I destroyed myself as a 16-year-old.
0: I guess that's true. Um, I just mean it's impressive that you like were able to make yourself do that.
1: It's so garbage. <laughs> I, just, I, re- I was saying this to somebody the other day. I regret. The only thing I really regret in my, t- in my life was all of the time that I spent doing stuff for the church that I could have been masturbating. <laughs> <laughs>
0: both, both equally productive.
1: <laughs> it's true. Well, I mean, uh, and, and one doesn't end with blue ball. So you're, f- you know what I mean?
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, It's true. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I love that. So, if If people listen to this podcast and get anything out of it, I hope it's that. Oh, that's fantastic!
1: Yeah, yeah, masturbate. Don't go to church. <laughs> but anyway, so I I was running like, and this, I have spinal stenosis. You know, I've got health issues. I'm mean, to anybody else listening, um, I have I deal with like chronic fatigue and whatnot. So I'm getting up crazy early hours, um, putting myself through physical stress because I was on the football team at the time, and. Um, <laughs> I get up, I usually make breakfast, I pack my lunch, I pack my sister's lunch. My dad would already have been, this would be about 7 a.m., my dad would have already been at the school at more than an hour and a half. He would then come back to the house, we only lived a mile from the school, pick us up, and we would then go to school. And it's, it's about 7.30 at this point. Homeroom starts at 8.30. Mm-hmm. I have an hour to clean all of the high school classrooms, and get back in my homeroom before homeroom starts. Huh. I would do homeroom. I would do my first two classes. I would go to the kitchen and start lunch with one of the other teachers. We'd prepare lunch, serve lunch, um, go back to class for an hour. I tutored them for two hours. And then after that, at that point, two hours later, it was an hour after school was over. Everybody was gone. We would stay there, usually well into the 8 p.m.-ish, 9 p.m.-ish area, cleaning, uh, so in mop the main. We had this main area, which was our lunchroom, was also study hall, was also used as um, one of the chapels. We, the whole building, the whole school building, which was the old church building, which I'd, if I had to guess, I'd say was in the 2,500 square feet range. Yeah. That whole building had to be cleaned. So we clean that. You clean that. Then, if there was it was football season, then I'd go to football practice. Or uh, like on a Wednesday, we'd go soul winning. We'd come back. I would um, actually. Sorry, on a Wednesday, I had to polish the black granite tiles in the foyer of the church. That had to be done before soul winning because there wasn't enough time between soul winning and Wednesday night service. Soul winning, by the way, is,
0: is the term for proselytizing. In this, yes,
1: going out door to evangelizing, yeah. whatever you want to call it, going out, knocking on doors, telling people they were sinners. Um, yeah. and I have a great story about someone just confronting people
0: in their homes, in their comfortable homes. We had
1: we pretty much took the same route every Wednesday because we weren't monitored,
0: yeah, yeah, same.
1: And we'd always go by this one chick's house who worked at Hooters and wore extremely tight <laughs> tops.
0: Uh, did, did, did she ever get saved, Andy? Did you ever convert her?
1: Oh God. Oh my God. (laughs) Can only wish.
0: Uh, That's so funny.
1: Uh, Anyway, so, so we would, um, that was, that was like my day to day. That's what it was.
0: So Um, you're, you're, you're basically, you're you're not getting paid for this, right?
1: Yeah, I was not getting paid at yeah. all for anything. I was supposed to be getting credit hours for the tutoring until the end of that school year, and then Randy Toll told my dad that if he made that exception for me, he'd have to make it for other staff member children who were doing the same thing. Wow. Wow. Um, so, yeah, just lots of garbage. Um, I mean, honestly, what it, to him it just means that I would have wound up with another... S- like that's another semester of pay he'd have rather had on the books probably. Yeah. Is what that came down to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we were, so all of this kind of happened because Tom Kimmel visited the church and he reviewed all the staff members finances and all the staff members were supposed to be investing X amount with him. And when he came to my dad's finances, he literally looked at Randy tool and was like, you're not paying him enough to even make his mortgage. So Randy Toll, the way he worked with that wasn't, let me pay you more for the job that's taking 80 plus hours a week. It was, let me give you another 15, 20 hours a week of work.
2: Yeah, of So course. we
1: took all over all of the janitorial work for the church. We took over, um, God, I'm trying to remember what else we wound up with. But yeah, we wound up, so they had the janitorial work included the school building, which was also the Spanish church. And the main building, and the main building was in the six thousand square feet. I mean, it was in one of those impressive. Are you familiar with that church? Have you been? Uh, there?
0: I've not been there. No.
1: Um, it, probably about the size of the old First Baptist Church at Hammond, oh, somewhere okay. in there. That's a that's but a decent sized building. The main area, yeah. That's a good sized building, yeah. yeah. In the in the five plus thousand. I was going to say that
0: that would or more that would seat. Yeah, about five thousand. Yeah. that's crazy. That's a lot.
1: So that was, but so what, what wound up happened is I wound up doing all that work because my dad didn't have time to do the work. Right. Right. But he needed to get paid for it. Um, so I wound up doing that. Um, I did take a part-time job, believe it or not, uh, about halfway through that, which was, I don't even know how that, happened, how, the, how I, how I managed that. So I'm working these crazy ass hours. Yeah as a fucking 16-year-old kid. Um, And that was probably 65% of the damage that I suffer from today physically happened at that point in my life. Um, And then from there, it, it was, so, my mom got real sick, and we almost lost her down there because it was a mixture of the fact that she was physically ill and the fact that, the environment was beyond toxic. Yeah. Um, and my dad was like, my dad became aware later in, in that following year that something had to happen, and so they realized they needed to move. Hmm. Um, Randy Toll, when my dad gave Randy Toll his resume, Randy Toll looked at my dad in the face and said, don't play games with me, Max. I'll ruin you. Oh God. What does that even mean? Oh, God only knows what's going through that fucktard's brain. He would get those, he would lock the staff members in a room every Monday morning and yell at them for an hour and a half.
0: Yeah. It's that's, that sounds about par for the course.
1: Yeah. He's a piece of garbage. And so anytime you tried to defend your actions, he would just, he would destroy your life.
0: Yeah. Um, so crazy,
1: just a trash bag, I mean, he's still running a very successful lucrative church
0: yep, yep
1: uh, but anyway, so he um so that that was there. We moved to Illinois um, I was self educated the rest of high school, which was like six months, and then because the credit hours were different from all the states I'd been to when I wound up in Illinois. I was only there for like four months before I had enough credit hours to graduate high school. Oh, crazy. So officially graduate, graduated high school before I finished trigonometry. And, or I don't even remember what, I think it was trig. Um, And um, then I went to call that summer. I went ahead and went up to grace Baptist college. Um, And I'll get through this as fast as possible. I was there, I was working, helping remodel a cafe, which was their coffee shop. Holy grounds, obviously what what else would they call it
0: that's I okay uh, i'm so, I'm sorry, but that I hate that place and everything it stands for that's an amazing name for Holy a Christian grounds. college coffee shop, and I'm so mad mm-hmm. that I didn't think of it myself that's yeah so yeah. good
1: it is but I mean, it was a beautiful coffee shop, obviously they had great help. Putting it together, the guy who built the coffee shop or who remodeled the coffee shop died a couple months later in a car crash with four of the teenagers from the church. Wow! Um, and he was a ni- he was a nice guy. Obviously, the nice guy dies. So that's one thing about churches is the really evil person somehow avoids death always while other people are dying of all random means.
0: Yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, seems, seems like the villains <laughs> the villains survive somehow They always live
1: <laughs> So, anyway um, I'm doing that I'm also working part-time at the call center Which is an AmeriCall center We're calling people, selling them I, I don't even remember what it was It was random shit it Accidental death and dismemberment insurance Yes, everything
2: <laughs> I made one I sale
1: the entire time I was there
2: uh-huh.
1: Um I was also working, helping them remodel the outside of the campus, so painting buildings and whatnot. Uh, so I, was, I, I don't even know. Like if I had to guess, I would say I was at least working sixty-five hours a week. Which is, as a kid that age, you're just not supposed to. You're still. I'm still pu- somewhat pubescent. I'm still figuring out what the world is. It's not really a life for a sixteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old kid.
0: Yeah, and especially at that at that age, you're like you're you're in college. You're like, that's the time. Look, believe There's what you be want, but like that's where
1: you find that's the,
0: you yeah, that's the time where you're supposed you to be want. like exploring and like trying different ways of being and all this stuff. And instead mm-hmm. you're, you're spending every waking minute. And that's not to say like people work their way through college. I worked my way through college and like, it is what it is, but like there, you, there is something lost, uh, in, in, not being able to, to do some of that stuff when you're that age. It's just the natural that's Absolutely. what you're supposed to be so, doing.
1: Sex is a huge regret um, not being able to uh not being able to have sex, but not being able to feel like you could have sex.
0: Yeah, not, not, not being able to sense. not being able to not being allowed to be a sexual creature, which humans naturally are. Yeah, I'm just going to say this
1: about my brother because he's not going to care. He loves coming back here to St. Louis and banging girls he was in high school with.
0: <laughs>
1: and I totally understand it because I would I would have, I'm married now, but I would have done the same thing.
0: Sure. I, I think that's natural.
1: We didn't have that it's, ability it's when we to... were in high school. Yeah. Yeah. It's, been, it's crazy. Anyway, so I said that. Um, so I'm at Grace working these crazy ass ended hours. I suffer. I have. I deal with manic depression. as my my personality. I shouldn't know if I'm an A, B, or C, but I don't really know. I'm just me. Um, I have high times. I have low times, and and when I'm ill, that's when like when I become sick and I feel like I need to be somebody other than the sick person in the bed. That's when the suicidal shit begins. Hmm. I can be ill and I can be depressed, but I can't be ill and depressed and not believe I need to be who I am at that moment. I gotcha. And when you're in the when you're in fundamentalism, you always have to be who you're not. Right. So I became very I was tired. I was just exhausted and yep. super depressed. I had legitimate health issues that were being ignored and nobody gave a shit about because It was all about how much you could do for the ministry. Um, So, and this is prior to the fall semester starting. I went around on like a Saturday morning and I was asking people for pain meds or sleeping pills and nobody had any. So I just started digging through people's stuff because we lived in a dorm.
2: Yeah.
1: Found some Rite Aid pain relievers. And another bottle of some kind of gin. I remember the Rite Aid because Rite Aid is weird to me. I don't remember what the other thing was. It was like ibuprofen tablets, most likely, or some kind of generic sleeping pill. And I took as many of them as I could. And um, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. Uh, What happens most of the time when you do this, your body rejects the medicine, you throw it up. So what I didn't understand, what most people don't understand, and if you're listening to this and planning to commit suicide, what you need to understand is that... You do not die from taking pain medicine. You die from choking on your vomit after you take the pain medication, just like someone who gets alcohol poisoning dies. They don't die from alcohol poisoning. They die from choking on their vomit because your body is going to reject it and spit it out. And if you're not laying in a way or you're not prepared to excrete it, that is essentially you. You you are suffocated to death. You're not necessarily dying from and hmm. th- and that that is we were talking earlier about lack of education. Yeah. That's a huge problem. Yeah.
0: Honestly, I d- um, I didn't that's a know pro- that.
1: Yeah, it's not like you, I thought. Oh, my organs shut down and I die. Well, do you know how long it takes to die of kidney or liver failure?
0: Yeah, that's true. It <laughs> that can if, take quite. If some you think time. about it, yeah, that takes a while. People people are on transplant lists for months. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: So you don't just, you don't just like fade into nothingness. You choke on your vomit, which is frankly a horrific way to die in my opinion. And I've, I'm not the, I have other friends who have done exactly the same thing and done, had exactly the same thing happen. So I began vomiting later that evening. And then one of, one of the guys at the college who was genuinely concerned was like, hey, uh, let's go to the hospital So he forces me to go to the hospital I go to the hospital The president of the college picks me up after I've quit vomiting You know, after the hospital is like, okay, you're, you're healthy, you're good to go um, Tells me that I've been incredibly selfish And that he should probably smack me And, you know, how many people have I inconvenienced And blah, you know, oh just guilt, guilt trip Takes me back to the college I go back to the dorm um, Settle right back into normal life Nobody at the church knew anything happened. Nobody at the college knew anything happened, except for the guy who took me to the emergency room, the only person who's aware of any of it. They've kept all of it under wraps. Wow. That Sunday night, went to talk to the pastor. He really didn't <clears throat> want to talk about it. And all John Jenkins said to me was, how dare you try and do that? Do you know what that would have done to our fall numbers? How many people would have kept their kids from coming to our college if they had known you tried to commit suicide here in
0: our Two. Dorms? Sorry, I... I Think I I don't think it registered what he two hour fall numbers he's talking about like college yeah. registrations
1: yeah to like yeah the registration would have sucked oh my because god because who wants to send their he basically who wants to send their kid to live in a dormitory where someone committed suicide oh my god
0: so so, so he not not only are you not getting the help you need at this point it's your situation is actively being made worse. By people who oh, are yeah. just piling on.
1: <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Well, and I mean, at the time, I just internalized it. I'm like, he's right. I'm a terrible Well, sure. That, I mean, that's, and then I'm thinking, that's what you've like, been trained to do your well, whole I'm, life. Right. I'm horrible. I, I tried to do the best thing I knew to do, which was to kill myself, because that take the horrible me out of, out of the situation. You know, so now I'm really conflicted. Now I don't know what to do. So I make it into the fall semester. And this part I love. I'm paying for classes. So essentially, we get paid by the school uh-huh. because they, have, they own the Americall Center that we're working at. And the school takes all of our paycheck, and they take our tithe, and they take the paycheck, and they pay our bill. And if there's anything left, they give it to us. So, and at the same time, I'm still doing, um am uh, trying to think of what that's called. I am still doing the scholarship work.
0: Right. The, so I'm the, doing like, like maintenance, maintenance stuff. and
1: yeah. yeah. So um, doing scholarship work part time, part time working in AmeriCall. I'm not getting any money. So like I can't eat. I'm in college. I can't eat. I have no food. I'm literally living off of table scraps of other people. I'm relying on other people to have leftover food to give to me. I go to the financial counselor and he looks at me. He's like, well, you're just not making enough money. I'm like, well, this is what I'm doing. He's like, well, I guess there's nothing you can do. You just you need to make more money. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to do? Wow? You know, I'm going to school, I'm taking a full load of classes. I'm working two part time jobs, which is literally all of the time that I have, because then you have um uh curfew. You can't work you have to be back at the dorm at curfew. Right. So if I'm using all of that time and I'm going to class or working all of that time, how do I make more money? And wow. And, and I looked at him and I said that. He said, I guess there's not anything I can really do for you. He just sent me out of his office. Like that was it. That was the very end of that conversation. Wow. It wasn't hey, there's a problem. Take less classes. Do this. It's more affordable. Get a, go get a job somewhere that pays you more money. It was just Oh, yeah, there's nothing I can do for you because you you can't make enough money. Um, anyway, none of that helped. I wound up flunking out of that semester because, yeah, lots of reasons. And um, I left, and I spent, like, the next three, I guess maybe three and a half years literally just trying to work a job long enough to save enough money to go back to college. Hmm. That's all that I did. And by that time I was I was John Wilkerson's tailor and I was tailoring I was doing the suits for Hiles Anderson college groups.
0: I did and not know that. I
1: had I had an office fucking across the hall from Anthony Collins, <laughs> who's a piece Are you
0: serious? Of human I did not trash. know that. Yes. I did not know fucking that. Fucking yes. Anthony Collins so, was my at, tour chaperone.
2: He's
0: a when piece I of went on tour, he? He, he was not the most, he was not the easiest man to, to deal with.
1: He yelled, he made his secretary cry every day. I sent her flowers. And I was an asshole at the time. I'll, I'll I'll be honest. Sorry I bumped that mic, but I'll be honest. I'll admit it. I was an asshole. I was an arrogant piece of shit. I was entitled as fuck, like in the churchy way. Yes. And I thought I had everything. <clears throat> but the one good thing I think I did the entire time I was there was he had he gave her and it, he made her melt down really bad one day? Yeah, he was just a piece of shit. Like I don't even know why she did that. Um, it was um uh I, her name is on the tip of my tongue. Be- Beal. Uh,
0: oh. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Rachel. Oh,
1: Bel- Rachel Belial. Yep. Oh. And he was a piece of garbage to her one day, like and, and, like worse than most days. Yeah. And I called in, I called a flower service just to fucking, it had nothing to do with her. It was just to
2: piss
1: him <laughs> off. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, you have to work for that guy. And I just sent her
0: flowers. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> then, a high so, he's yeah. a very high strung individual. I had no idea that you, you had an office there.
1: Yes, I did, which is probably what, what, the worst. What
0: years are we talking at this point?
1: We are talking two thousand
0: and twelve. Um sp- okay. oh, no, wait. So it was either sp-
1: fall of two thousand and twelve, spring of twenty thirteen. So that's
0: after I was expelled. That's that's a, a few years yeah. after I was expelled. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I I, I would have been go there by
1: wait then, but... so um do you remember Amanda Vigneri?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I went to, we were I went to super school with close. her. Oh really?
1: Um I would go lay on her grave almost every morning before I go to, to the college. Oh. Like, you know, the yeah. the Jack Hiles thing. Yeah. Um, and I I don't even know why I, it so it just so I'm still to, good friends with a couple like, of her brothers. Yes, uh, John is awesome. John Steve, and, you probably are. John and
0: Steve. I I was on the wrestling mm-hmm. team with Steve. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Steve's a good guy, and he's come through a lot. Yeah. So is John. John too. Yeah. I, John's I was. I was a judgmental asshole to John when I was there. Cause I go over to his apartment and just be like, why aren't you back at the college? <laughs> you know, why and just oh, John's, a, a John's a,
0: John's at this point. I, I think I know John better than I know Steve, but it's just proximity is, is the only reason. Mm-hmm. But John's a thinker. Um, I like John a lot. If John's yeah. listening to this, shout out, shout out to John and Steve too, I guess. Yeah. John, hi, call me. I love
1: you. I miss you. You're one of my brothers. I haven't talked to you in forever. Um, so no, crazy. So I you're don't.
0: so you're tailoring for Hiles Anderson College at this John point. John
1: Wilkerson, yeah.
0: At twenty twelve, twenty thirteen.
1: I spent a crazy amount of time with John Wilkerson. Really? Like crazy ass fucking amount of time. Like, and he would just talk to me about shit.
0: Interesting.
1: He would tell me about numbers. He would tell me how much they lost on pastor school. He'd tell me how much they were losing on the mortgage. He would just talk to me about shit. It was fucking weird as fuck. It's <laughs> interesting to think back about it. Because we would – we I would literally – I went winning with him on a Saturday morning, which involved driving to someone's house, chilling out with them for like half an hour, and then just driving around. Yeah. Just drive around and I do shit.
0: So, we weren't sowning. We ag- the- Again, for context, John Wilkerson is the current pastor of First Baptist. He's the, he took over. Yes. Um, yeah. I, after all, after all John Scott's Wilkerson, crap went down. He could
1: be garbage. I don't know but my best guess is he really fucked up and they've got something. I mean, he's charismatic. He's good enough to he's do a, what he's, he's doing. He's a very
0: like calming, gentle presence. He's, yes. he's definitely got a presence.
1: I, I don't know anything bad about
0: him. I don't either. I, I really don't know anything about him heart at all. In of
1: hearts, he's definitely a fall guy. He's definitely a front man. And I think he fucked something up real bad. And obviously, obviously Lapina has got, the goods on them. They weren't gonna put somebody in that pulpit they couldn't control.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. Ah, <laughs> uh, crazy. So all right. So you're Yeah, sorry. So you're 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 are you on on the, the college staff I'm not like technically
1: are you... on I'm not on staff. Okay. I was a paid consultant. So I was getting sure
0: you're on the payroll but um, you're not like staff, quote unquote. Yes.
1: I was getting um, I'm trying to remember what it was. Basically, I was submitting. Uh, I invoices. Oh, to, I was. I would literally take my invoices to the business office to cash. So out.
0: you're a con- You were a contractor for the college.
1: I was a contractor Got for it. the college. Okay. I freaked out one of the girls there. So Pete Cowling, who if you know anything about his history oh, with yeah. my mom, oh, yeah. um, Pete Cowling, trying to set me up with this one short, short girl, real hardcore, trying to set me up in Chapel, short girl like having nothing to do with it, wouldn't even look at me. I am i don't know if it was her, and, and God bless her, poor child. I feel so sorry. Um, but uh, somebody complained to the dean of men, and the dean of men told security that I wasn't able to enter the campus without an escort. Well, I'm working at the college like 40, 45. Well, you know Damn. how pe- how I was getting there. At six, six thirty in the morning, and I don't even remember what time I would leave probably the same time in the evening. So 12, 14 crazy. hour days, whatever they were. I'm getting there at six thirty. Well, the dean of men's not even there. The front desk person's like, you can't go, you're not allowed to go anywhere. You can't walk, you can't come past the front desk right. without an escort. So, I mean, I knew the dean of men, so I opened my cell phone, which was a flip phone at the time that gives you an idea yeah. of things. And I called the dean of men. I'm like, "Hey, I'm here at the front desk. I'm not allowed to go anywhere. Do you want to come? Do you want to come to work and escort me to my office?"
2: <laughs>
1: then the next day, oh, guess what? You're fine. You can go wherever you want. And I was like, yeah, well, if you want to show up at the building at 6:30 and escort me, that's out. That's fine. But anyway, are you? I mean, I was a piece of. Are shit.
0: you attending? How's Anderson at this point too? Or are you just no. working at the college?
1: No, no, no. Okay. I'm just working okay. for them because, and here's why. Here's why. Let's let's preface this. Hiles Anderson this is the top of our cult, right?
0: right? It's it's the premier college for the cult that we. It's the in.
1: premier college. It is the Ivy League version of Harvard for the Baptist cult, right?
0: Because
1: uh, I mean, in, inside of the Ivy League, you've got West Coast and maybe Tennessee Temple,
0: gold, maybe or Golden State. What's his,
1: maybe Golden State. So you've got a few colleges. They're big colleges and they're just like hardcore. Like if you go there, you can go get a job at any church that you want because you went here.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's like going Um, to like Northwestern or UIC or, you know, like, yeah. Like any of those schools, like yeah, Princeton, Harvard, like whatever, a big school, but like tragically, like tragically, uh, undereducated, like tragically undereducated and unprepared for
1: mis- miseducated real life. directly miseducated
0: yeah. so just um, just to put that out there too
1: <laughs> yeah yeah oh horrible schools so don't ever yeah. go there unless you're there to take pictures and make fun of them i just
0: i only say that to say <laughs> i'm not i'm not proud of the education i got um, and I, it wasn't much of an education in the first place um, so. i'm
1: proud i only got half a semester of education oh, i got to put it that i
0: got way. 5 years my friend Uh, and I didn't even, I didn't even finish. I don't even have a degree.
1: If if you to spend that money on porn, you'd be much happier. That's that's probably
0: true. Or like comics or something, you know? Um,
1: yeah. Comp comics. You'd probably be wealthy. Yeah, I probably would be. Uh, anyway, sorry. I don't want to take, I don't want to depress you too (laughs) badly. But no, I'm, I'm not attending the school. I'm there. And this is why I wanted to preface. uh, And I want to, again, anybody who's still listening, look, I was there. Not because it was holy. I was not there because it had something to teach. I was there because they were using me for my skill yeah. to find clothes and put clothes on the back of their people and their administrators for pennies on the dollar of what it was costing them before. They were using my knowledge. Yep. And I was I was saving them a shitload of yep. money.
0: Yeah, that's what they do best.
1: (laughs) Um, And in the meantime, so I was still in the idea that this was a thing that I was supposed to be attached to. I was feeling like I was successful in my life, even though literally I would get up every day, I would go to my, do my thing, I'd go to the office. I would sit down, I'd open my computer, and I would play Lonely Island Boys. (laughs) Today feels like it's a great day, or today's gonna to be a great day. Great day. I think it's just yeah. called great day. If you Google that, Lonely I Am Boy's great day, it's about a guy who's hooked on cocaine. I would literally watch that video every day before work.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> so I was genuinely fucked in the head. Um, I was still trying to suck up to the hierarchy as much as possible. I'd spend as much time with John Wilkerson as possible. If for no other reason then it made me look important, I guess. Sure. He knew who I was. I I wanna say that I believe that he felt a genuine connection with me. Um I don't know that he did. That's but, possible.
0: I mean he's he's human.
1: Yeah. And I can tell you this, he does not fit in with anybody in the hierarchy of that church.
0: Yeah, that's you're not gonna see
1: him chill that's fairly obvious. Or talk. Yeah. yeah. He is very much outside. His wife is the only person I'm genuinely. Maybe his wife murdered somebody and really fucked some <laughs> shit up. She's weird. She has got some. But I mean, and you, and to live in a 1950s culture in today's world, you've got to be weird, though.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it makes you weird.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, no, his family. See, I, I don't know. I think I, I just feel. A lot of empathy for them I feel bad for them I'm sorry I know I'm taking forever And it's late
2: No it's Um, okay
1: I'm gonna hammer through The rest of this Okay I'm there I got in a car accident It's super fucked up Most of the people Who show up on the scene Are First Baptist people Don't ask me how The firefighter The head of the fire crew He's First Baptist The detective who got my face My face My case He's First Baptist Amazing Um, The guy who hits me Was Drunk He was under the influence of drugs, also. He was driving without a license. He was driving without insurance and he was on probation. And the DA dropped his case. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. (laughs) So the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I wonder if Eddie Lapina set this up. In the beginning, I didn't, (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? But then, like, I was like, that's a shitload of coincidence. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's so much. Because the lawyer I handed it to was like Oh this is a home run Two years later guess what I was still struggling to pay my taxes From that wow. year So it took two years To clean all of that up Um, Got it cleaned up I spent those two years pretty much On my ass at my parents house Like what the fuck happened Like I have no clue What's going on in my life um, Got addicted to pain meds In the meantime Needed a surgery, didn't get the surgery, unaddicted myself to pain meds. But while I was addicted to pain meds, I was still, I was, I was a music director for a church. Hmm. Got up, led singing, high as balls. You've heard this story a million times, I'm sure. Um, or hopefully you haven't listened to it that many times. Otherwise uh, you're probably going to murder me, me in my sleep.
0: No, no, I, <laughs> this is, I mean, this <laughs> is why, true. this is why I think it's important though. Cause like there's the, what I think is so important um so I'm definitely again tell tell whatever you're comfortable telling because yeah there's yeah. there's a pattern here that's this is why I think it's important. You like there was something going on all the way back at 17. Right? And and an attempted mm-hmm. to, like an attempted at suicide is not something that you ignore or that like you 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 don't just move on from like without any kind of like treatment or therapy or help or
2: Absolutely. And
0: and um not only like I said not only did you not get it but it, the situation was actively made worse. Made worse. Yeah. And then and 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 so now I I think it's so interesting that you said now you you're like in in your mind at the time you were saying like well I thought the solution was just to take the terrible person out of the equation, which was me, and now I'm being told that's the worst thing I can do. And so now like what the fuck do I do? And now like years later, right. this this religion that that has sort like it's it's like turned this face to the world of we're here to care for people and help people has has betrayed someone who needed help. <laughs>
1: Needs help, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like when I had my car accident, I was told, "Don't get in touch with lawyers. Don't call your insurance." Wow. It'll take care of itself. Um.
0: Wow. So I just all—all all that to back, say, like, to be to, You like you back, getting wanna, to I this was, point is like this. This is. There's, there's, this is, people need to hear this because not only do they need to hear what's going on, but they need to hear like the, like this is not okay. This is not an okay way to be treated.
1: Yeah. Getting, getting out, getting out was a very fine line. So all of the, uh, everything that seems like mismanagement or not being handled properly, whether it's sheer luck on the part of the independent, uh, on the part of the Baptist or the deep, deep spirit um, with a deep, deep religious culture, or it 's the fact that they know it so well i don 't know which, but dealing with someone who is suicidal and then saying those things or or making those suggestions to them does not make you more suicidal I, Yes, was I suicidal later on? Yes, I had other thoughts and whatnot, but but what really happens when you do that to someone is you teach them how worthless and horrible they are and you set them up for a lifetime of being totally okay with getting paid nothing and putting their family through hell because they really believe they are that bad
0: yeah going back to creating that dependency Mm -hmm. yeah which is awful that's a shame which
1: is why you go oh why would you why would you feed your family ramen noodles seven nights a week don't you know something's wrong no they think they deserve it yeah These people who are living like this, the people who are locked in a Scientology building in the middle of LA, those people think they deserve, they think they did something to deserve to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that's what people don't understand. And that's why it's not, oh, we're going to fix, oh, guess what? We're going to prosecute John Jenkins and that's going to solve our problems. We're going to put Jack Scott in jail. No, as long as there's a culture that says we need church, we have an identity crisis, we need God, we need a religion. These positions of abuse will always exist. Yep.
0: Well, I've said for a long time, Which it's, not, it's not just the people. Like dealing with the monsters is is one thing, and it's necessary, and I'm glad that's starting to happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree.
1: But I agree. until
0: the culture, until the culture changes or is like you're saying stamped out, it's the culture is just, just going to produce more of those people, and that's not to exonerate them from the things they've done, these, these guys that have been exposed by, um, uh, the work that, uh, I'm forgetting the reporter's name now. Um, Sarah, Sarah Smith. Smith, the the work that's being done by Sarah Smith, uh, and her newspaper, uh, which kudos to them. It's amazing. But mm-hmm. that's, that's amazing work. And, and the men that are being exposed or just people in general that are being exposed, need to be exposed. But until, the, the root of the problem, which is the culture, is dealt with. It's, it, 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 there, well, there's just so, going to be more.
1: That's why. That's why you, Josh, are so very important. That's why good humans. That's why not your mother's podcast. That's why your queer story. That's why these things are so very important. Are people who are willing to be a constant voice in the ear of the community that says, "Be you. Find yourself. Be who you are. You're good enough." Become the person that you want this world to be made of. Don't rely on someone else. Don't rely on a faith. Don't rely on an idea. Uh, There's this amazing line in the original Ben-Hur film, which is, how do you fight an idea? Yeah. And the answer to that was, with another idea. Mm -hmm. But we've got to, and that's why I'm not... Dude, I want these people brought to justice. Good God. Would I love to see these people, would I love to see Eddie Lapina's dirty laundry drug out in front of everyone and everybody get to see? You know, people call, I was, I literally was sitting in someone's living room the other day, just kind of venting about this. And she looks at me and goes, you sound like you're crazy. You sound like Alex Jones. <laughs> And that, frankly, like, yeah, like, like, that spurred me to laughter like you, but at the same time, that hurt very
0: deeply. Yeah, I can imagine. Because
1: I'm like, you're just very blind to what exactly is going on. But it also just said, that just speaks to the general mindset of people and the lack of understanding of how indelibly disgusting these organizations have become. Yeah. Um and the reality is, is Eddie Lapina may die Just like Jack Hiles Which I've tried to make this point Over and over again Jack Hiles is not There's no no, Nobody's dealt with Jack Hiles Jack Hiles died Old, yep. old and yep. rich Yeah he, and he left an empire He was a He made it out Never day.
0: having Had to come to terms With any Any of his Shit
1: Eddie Lapina May die the same way John Jenkins May die the same Chances way Chances are they you know will. how I deal with that I deal with that On the Andy Hardy show And you deal with that Every time you make one of these episodes, yep. every time someone's willing to stand up and just say, we don't need this specific culture, and say, again, the things that I just, re- like, I could repeat myself over and over again, when you're willing to do that, that's what's gonna, be, the culture, you will change the culture. People like you, people like us, will change the culture.
0: I hope so. That's the goal.
1: That's what, Yes, it it will. It will. Because people have been thinking this for a long time. I have a lot of faith. If I don't have faith in the Bible, I don't believe in faith. I think faith is an an annoying word for the most part because of the way that it's been used and propagated. But I have a lot of faith in millennials.
0: (laughs) I, you know, I do too. And, and I, as one, as are you, um, I'm on the, I'm on the older end of it, but technically I still am myself. Uh, Millennials catch a lot of shit, but I I think it's just, I mean, it's the nature of it, right? Like you have the greatest generation making fun of the quote unquote greatest generation making fun of, uh, you know, the Woodstock generation, you know, the hippies and the, you know, all that stuff. But then they turn around and make fun of Generation X and then Generation X makes fun of millennials and and whatever. I mean, I, I I have a lot of faith in millennials in the same way that I have a lot of faith in, I think, humanity at large. And I, I think there's a lot of really, really good that's happening. There's a there's – a, there's something that's happening right now where people are finally standing up and saying, this is not okay. Uh, LGBTQ people deserve just as much respect and dignity and, and equality and rights and, and everything mm-hmm. as do the rest of humanity. Women who have been mistreated deserve to be heard And believed, and and uh, helped um, if they're looking for help, and just asshole men don't get to just do anything they want anymore. Absolutely, and and like that's that's an extreme oversimplification. We're we're still in 2019. We're still dealing with race issues for some unbelievable fucking reason. And, and I like, I, I'm, uh, under, I'm not under
1: education under exposure.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, like, I'm not, I'm not discounting any of it. I like, it's, it's all a problem, but the, the idea of the tragedy of the commons, um, which is, you know, the idea that there's, there's too many wrong things that if like, if you think about all the wrong things in the world, you you'll be frozen and you won't do anything about any of them. Mm-hmm. There's, that that idea I think is being dealt with by specifically by millennials who are doing things like I'm not trying to pat myself on the back cause you're doing it too. And so is Evan, um, Evan and, and Paul with your queer story. And so is Stuart with not your Mother's Podcast, and, and so many others, but like people are doing things now to combat some of this and try to rectify some of this and bring light and, uh, and balance and 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 change things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I one of the awesome things I think about social media and and just how connected everything is now at, at just as a whole is that you can you can build communities instantly uh, around things. Um, and so the tragedy of the commons, that problem is is I think being chipped away at because people are finding their, their vein and their passion and their, their, uh, you know, their, their calling, if you want to call it that in, in finding something specific that they can relate to and champion and they're doing it. And that's amazing to me. Um, so I do too. All that to say, that's a very long winded to say. Winded way to say, yeah, I no, no. I have faith in millennials too. I I think you're right. I I think we're doing things.
1: Yeah. No. I I absolutely agree. Like, I think another thing. Again, back to Gary Vaynerchuk, but sprint versus a marathon. It may be 150 years before we get a reprieve from religion. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because I'm okay with doing my part with saying what I have to say about it.
0: Yeah. I'm with you.
1: Um, I mean, I can lay awake as many nights as I want to and wish as many people I wish were in jail were in jail. But the reality is, is we are moving in the right direction and I don't think anything should take away from that. And let's not get over anxious. It's going to take what it's going to take. Like, address the women's rights issue. Guess what? Women get to occupy the same platform that men had in the fifties and sixties and seventies. They're going to have that for a while and we all just need to suck it up and get used to it.
0: Yeah. We, it's time for men to, to listen for a second, Mm -hmm. you know, like straight white males can stop talking for a while and just listen. And if
1: you're 70 or you're 60 or you're 50 and you're in a $10 million a a year career, and, and you're not prepared to lose that career tomorrow that's not because you weren't getting paid enough money or because you didn't have a good career that's because you mismanaged your money and just and it's the same thing goes for a guy in a forty thousand dollar a year career that's it yeah so shut up if you were if your case wasn't heard right if if you were collateral damage i'm so very sorry if I were collateral damage I would be pissed off too but guess what we're going to have to give women that exact same platform. They get the benefit of the fit of the doubt. Now. Yeah. Women were collateral damage for generations. Millennia. So suck it the fuck yeah. up.
0: Yeah. Well said. Uh, yeah, you're, you're a hundred percent right. And that, I mean, that goes, that goes, you know, right, right now the me too movement is the, is sort of at the forefront, which is, which is great. I think it's time, but, uh, I, I think that goes for any, any of these issues, right? The you know, we're mm-hmm. we're uh, j- the just the recent legislation about the military and and transgendered individuals and um, just every like just the the, I don't even know what to call it. Like it's uh, it's just ludicrous, I guess. But just all the craziness surrounding that, and then. You know, the again, like I said, we're still dealing with race issues and and all kinds. Of, like, there's just no. Yeah, it's. I mean, everyone. I think everyone could benefit from just stopping and listening, a lot. Mm-hmm. But I, it's just if, man. Just, well, you know, I think the, I, I don't know. I I uh, straight white males need to stop and listen. I think for a while. And we're bad at doing that, I think.
1: In the MAGA cap kid, Indian situation that happened in the Capitol, that's a really good, what frustrates me is that they make a really good point there. You need both sides of the story, but the really, the bad thing is the media companies who are running that were all on one side or the other side of the story. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Nobody, nobody on either side was telling both sides or all of the story. Exactly. Which yeah, I that's a whole other thing, man. The the media. I know is, we can
1: totally do the, it.
0: The media is is by and large, and I, I hesitate to say this because like Trump's war on the media is eerily similar to Hitler's war on the media. Hitler's um, war on the media.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I I know that's like that. That sounds Alex Jones ish, um, but it's no, it's it true. No, absolutely. De- but uh, the media, you know there's there's been a lot of cases of the media by and large um betraying the what I would say is a sacred responsibility, which is keeping the American people informed and you know let's, they're they're not doing um, if that. you
1: don't mind digging into that for just a second, we are dealing with what I would call. It's a virality, uh, uh, let's call it virality syndrome, or I would name it the BuzzFeed issue. And it's the fact that media companies are so you have, uh, have had to transition. Let's do this. They've had to transition from telling the news used to make money and now getting views and getting enough views to obtain uh, sponsorships or paid advertisements, that is what makes the money. And they have not transitioned into that very well because they have focused too much. They have left the sacred responsibility, like you said, of actually reporting the news behind, and they've sacrificed that for views. And the reality is, is in the, is in the long run, what they needed to do, and again, from a social media perspective, was diversify their channels as opposed to Start reporting half truths or fake news, if you want to call it whatever you want to call it, for the sake of those views, for the sake of subscribership.
0: I I would say, I would say responsibility falls at least partially in the lap of the consumer too, though, because just the fact that there was a news program used to be enough. To for people to watch it, just the fact that like there was news on TV or news in in the newspaper before that or on the radio, just the fact that there was a news program or that there was a newspaper meant that people would read it, and that meant that average like it's always been advertisers right that's like mm-hmm. from from way back that's been like at the heart of making money for these organizations, which are then in turn doing their job which is reporting the news, and it's it's just because of the advent of, of the internet. I, I always feel so old when I talk about the beginning of the internet because I can remember it, but the advent of the internet brought about this thing of people can choose to look at and read what they want to look at and read now, mm-hmm. instead of just being yeah. served, whatever the news or the, the networks decide to, to put on the TV. So now I, if I want to, I can go to, Websites where some dude has just written stuff and I can read that. And then depending on how many people choose to read that, he's making great money on advertisements where, you know, a newspaper that started a website to put their news on the website now may not be making great money because people are not choosing Mm -hmm. to read that. And so So, we've, we've created the problem, the news networks and the newspapers and these outlets are not without blame but we created the yeah, well, problem. Me,
1: yes, they are without, they are, are. Oh, I can't even talk. God damn it. Look, here's where, here's where I see like, it's funny cause I'm super drunk, but here's how this is coming to me. Look is, and I was just was, Oh my God, that hit me because I was listening to this thing that Gary, I listened to a fucking six hour keynote by Gary Vaynerchuk last night. While I was doing, he it. he spoke for six hours. It was like, it was combined. Oh, it was a okay, compilation okay. of shit. Okay. So it was like six hours. They called it a keynote. But anyway, so this is why everything in my life right now is Gary Vaynerchuk because I listened to <laughs> way too much of him. But a look, so he's like social media right now. He's The last three to five years of social media is not about sales. It's about branding. Yeah. And really it was all about branding. And here's the problem. CNN Got branded fake news, not of their own volition, because they didn't spend the last six to ten years that social media gave them just branding the fuck out of everything. Just branding the fuck out of themselves, just being a brand, continuing their brand and improving their brand, just like you you know this. You're yeah. you're a digital marketing person. That's what it's about. These these companies should be not after views to pay the bills, they should be branding they should have spent this time branding and they didn't spend it branding because they kept saying that that social media was a fad because they kept making up whatever excuses they were making because it's easier to take your six, eight-figure-a-year salary than it is for you to admit that you need to bring in a social media consultant because it's easier than it is for you to take and give someone five or six million dollars to build all the accounts that you need to brand.
0: Yeah, and it's... uh Yes, you're right And again, it's it's not It's not about exonerating one And blaming the other Because they're both to blame But on, on the flip side of that We yes. as the consumers We as the people reading this stuff We as the, the public at large Who are to be informed Shouldn't need A brand and And all the bullshit that goes with it That's it's it's necessary, but like we shouldn't need that to be like, oh, this is a credible source or this is where I get my news or like this is what's going on. Like we shouldn't like there's
1: Uh, and that's where
0: there's responsibility on both sides, but
1: that's where the world's your oyster because there's such a we have too much information today. And it's yeah. so readily available. Too much information is so readily available that the consumer is easily overwhelmed. And there are very – people like you, I want to say they're few and far between. Maybe they're not. Maybe people like me are few and far between. I am bad about looking at stuff and being like, oh, this is <laughs> this is the pinnacle of truth in reality as it stands today. I believe this with all of my heart and two minutes later I'm completely wrong. Uh, you know what i mean <laughs>
0: yeah i just i I would say on the flip side of that i'm I'm more the person that like rarely believes anything, <laughs> even if I right. dig into it um which <laughs> it, well, that's also a depressing way to live, but you know
1: no 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 it's it's good, and there's the thing is is what what we're saying here is there's a balance to be struck, yeah, and that is failing to happen. Because of the, and because of the fact, and I believe largely because of the fact that news companies are, here's what I, I believe news companies are grasping at straws and putting shit content out that they know are going to get interest because if they had spent, and this is a point I'm trying to make, if they'd spent the last five years, six years branding, just building their brand, growing trust with their audience, they wouldn't need to post the shit that they're posting today. They could post the truth. I see what you're saying. If they, without if being they had afraid spent, that it was going to hurt their If views. they had spent the
0: time building a, a like a a core faithful like narrowing down their demographic and then speaking to that group they wouldn't nice. have to be sensational to get views. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, I I and understand. So
1: we're, that. we're dealing with what is like the Opposite end of the Buzzfeed pendulum swing, yeah. because what happened is Buzzfeed, Huffington Post, and named the other two dozen other companies just like mm. them that will literally pull garbage out of your can covered in shit and put it online because somebody's going to come yeah. click
0: on it. Washington Post, I mean, like <laughs> they're all. I mean, even CNN to an extent, like they're, none of them. Again, none of them are are innocent of this. That like they've all been sensational and continue to be, um, but they all also have really reputable, really conscientious reporters, um, and, and correspondents that are, that are doing really, really good work too. It's just the, the responsibility is on us now to so, weed out the shit from, So let, let, you know, the necessary. <laughs> let me take
1: just one second. I want to take one second. I know it's late tonight and I want to tell you a little tiny story about a little tiny thing that happened. I went to work as an account rep for a radio station here who's got a a following of a little more than 5 million people. All right. And they will not allow their radio host to have public figure Facebook
0: pages. Is there a re... What's the reason?
1: Because they believe that it will compete with their own. Their oh, own. No. Hang on. This is going to blow your fucking mind. How many likes do you think? This radio station, they reach more than 5 million people every day. How many likes do you think their Facebook page has on it?
0: I'm guessing it's not 5 million.
1: Less than 10,000. Oh,
0: that's crazy.
1: The competing station, which reaches roughly the same amount, do you want to guess how many that page has on it?
0: No clue.
1: 15
0: million. Oh, my God.
1: And all of their hosts have publicly branded profiles.
0: Yeah. It's
1: so here's what I'm, this is, is it point surprising to, to you
0: though. It's radio. Like it's, it's already a fairly well, yeah, old school okay, mindset. But
1: Here's what I, here's what I wanted to make. What if we had people from CNN and Fox interacting as themselves on Facebook? So, and some of, some of them, it's do, interesting that you're saying that because
0: I, I'm seeing that more and more with local news stations. Not mm-hmm. not necessarily yes. like the bigger ones, but local news stations are doing that, and it's working.
1: Yes, it works because people trust people. Yes. And if you had people who had been writing the articles for Fox for the last 15 years, putting their face out there, yeah, that would change the game entirely. Well, because the guy who's in his 70s who has been reading Joe Steinway's <laughs> column yep. for the last 30 years, he's going to watch everything that guy yeah. makes. That's branding.
0: Yeah, you're right. And it's, I mean, it's it's the like the Anderson Cooper Anderson Cooper effect, um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Piers Morgan, like these guys that like, um, even even guys like Stephen Colbert, which is like, you know, like people would be like, oh, it's not like it's not real news. Um, Stephen people Colbert is brilliant.
1: From the, they're getting their news from the late night shows because they can't yeah. rely on the
0: but like shows. These like these guys like they. You know, and and I, I'm I'm so sorry. I I feel like I'm being sexist right now because I, I can't re- remember the names of any of the female, like reporters Megan and correspondents that have their own shows. Okay, Megyn Kelly. Um, uh, she's I, the I, only one I, I can don't because
1: she's had so much plastic. Surgery. I don't
0: care for her, but um, you know, there there are those two. and th- like that's what's going on. Like there, those are reporters and correspondents that. Worked, 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 like did credible work, Uh, you know, like nurtured their network and then, you know, kind of like worked their way into the the spot they have and they're a recognizable name. And so, you know, the things they report on are seem trustworthy because it's a it's a person that people recognize. But like, yeah, it's interesting Mm -hmm. you're saying that because local I'm seeing a lot of local news networks do that. I hope I hope yeah, the bigger they, I hope the bigger ones pick up on that. So but, here's
1: the the only the biggest problem I see with the big news that we're doing that is turnover because what do you do with Anderson Cooper's Facebook page when when Brian Johnson takes over? Well,
0: see, but I'd, I feel like it might solve the problem of turnover because if you have an Anderson Cooper that is a public figure on Facebook that's Mm -hmm. affiliated with your news organization. There's a lot more, there's a lot more incentive for that person to stay attached to you and for you to stay attached to them
1: because it's a mutually beneficial relationship. I'm, I'm always going to be on your side. I'm just saying like from there, the lawyers that are, you know what I heard the most, again, more Gary Vaynerchuk because what can you do when you listen to six (laughs) hours of him? but quote him lazy lawyers is one thing he likes to talk about. And that is attorneys he says, "Look, lawyers make more money when they're yep. lazy because when they can just tell you no, they're gonna they're gonna make the same number of billing hours as they would if they had to go dig yep. up the truth."
0: Yep, that's why finding finding so, a good one is key.
1: Yeah. Oh, makes all the difference in the world. But um, <sighs> yeah, no, lazy lawyers—they don't want to deal with this shit. Do you know? I mean, like, just all the contracts that have to be rewritten.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I see that's the that's and, where that's where it all loses me. I'm like cuz I again I have if, zero if the, entrepreneurial See if the
1: higher if the higher-ups were like, "Hey, let's do this. Let's make a public profile for every person at this station." And they take that to the lawyers and the lawyers like, "Oh, I just don't think we can do it. We're exposing ourselves too much." And all they have to do is attach to a number with a bunch of zeros behind it to that exposure, and the higher-ups are like, "Oh, maybe it's not a good idea. Hopefully social media will just go away in a yeah.
0: little bit." Yep. <laughs> You know well, I mean? it's not like it matters to them. <laughs> they're, they're going to make their paycheck one way or another. So, and they're going to retire. Well, yeah. and, they're, and they're all
1: 65 good. year old plus CEOs.
0: Yeah. Horrible. There's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of incentive. At, it's any organization, any institution, there's a lot of incentive uh, for it to resist change as much as possible. It's the nature yeah. of any institution. Perhaps. Yeah. Um. um all right, man. So let's uh let's I have I have one question that I ask every guest. So I yes. wanna ask that to you. But let's I don't wanna I don't wanna not wrap up your story.
1: Okay, let me know. Because wrap up the I, don't, real quick. I don't I don't wanna leave people
0: hanging and I also don't wanna like do your story a disservice by not like
1: Well I, I'm so sorry. sorry, I it know through. it's super late. No, it's okay. Man. I really I know it's late. Look, okay, I will finish as fast as possible because I think we're in Illinois, right? <laughs> I had I had just had um, a crash. Yeah, so you're you're um
0: you're a music director. Um yes. leading right. leading so I had music. The car
1: I came back to Missouri. up on pain meds. I'm leading leading I'm leading music. I'm going to a doctor, sweetheart of a fella. This is just what he does. He lives in in this area. This is what he does for a living. Is literally give people pills. And that's what his job is. And he gets paid like $300,000 a year to do it. So who wouldn't do it? But anyway, I, I still love him to death. He's one of my dad's best friends. Anyway, so I'm going in, telling him I'm in pain, and what, what's happening is I'm taking the pain meds because I was in pain, mm-hmm. and then I get freaked out. What if I'm in more pain? So I'm just taking pain right. meds, like, like just, anticipating just the pain all the time. Yeah. Yes, I'm like I'm freaking out about the pain, so I'm taking pain meds. I'm sleeping like 14 hours a day. I'm I was starting to like do a little bit of sewing at this point, but I was still so heavily involved in the. So a big thing. The anxiety the church gave me pretty much like ruined my entire week i'd spend my entire week like planning services, yeah. anticipating it, and then being crippled and, and in pain because the pastor I was working with wouldn't show up on time, he would like derail the song service and here's if you know you know music so you can appreciate yeah. this you can't have someone derail the song once the song service is derailed it's yeah. finished it is dead. There's no reviving it's, it. And it's like you might as well around, not have like,
0: put the work into it that you did at that point.
1: Yeah. Yes, and when when they come in and derail it in the second, halfway through the second verse, oh yeah, now go ahead and start o- like let's do it some more. It's yep. done. This has finished at yep. this point. He is going over my head. I'm lining up special music, but he's going over my head and having women sing who just. There's this one woman, her name is Della. I think she's probably an okay person, but she sings like a frog that had, like if a frog had a baby with a hippopotamus, (laughs) that's what it would sound like.
0: It's going to take me a while to wrap my head around what that would sound like.
1: Like that is is what it sounds like. In fact, if you watch, I have a video on the Andy Hardy show page of, um, goddamn, what's that fucker's name? Um, can't remember his name. Anyway, it's a it's a parody video of one of the guys where I did the voiceover, oh, okay. and I did the voiceover the song service. That's her. Like that's exactly nice. what she sounds like. It's this horrible belchy. So I mean, when you do a perfect song service and you nail it, and the crowd's jazzed, and she gets up and sings yeah. for like half an hour because that's what it feels like. It just kills everything that you just murdered yourself all week yeah, for, yeah. right? And so that was not helping the pain medicine situation. So I'm taking this pain meds. So one day I get up, leave the music, and I'm just like uh, having this out-of-body experience. I'm looking at myself and I'm like, I am high as fuck. I'm looking at this audience of people who are just singing and happy and the pastor's happy and, you know, the pianist is beating the shit out of the piano. Uh And I'm just like, this does not matter. I could literally be anywhere else. I could be, and I think at the moment I wanted to, like, maybe be on the beach in Hawaii because I mean that's where I want to go. Like, if I'm over successful, you'll know I'll be bartending and I'll be living on a lean to (laughs) on the beach because that's what I'm gonna want to. That's what I want to go do. And I'm just like, this doesn't matter. This does not matter. It doesn't matter who I am. It doesn't matter what I am. I'm I'm high. This is ascend. All of us, but because I'm here doing this thing, it doesn't matter to them. And, um, that, that particular day it was like, I, the pastor was giving me anxiety. And so I popped like four, I'd already had two pills that morning. I popped four more. So I was like f- super wow. fucked. So like my dad had to come carry me out of the church because that's how fucked I wow. am. Um, and th- that was like one of the last days I went back. And from there it was just like, go to one church service a month. I would go visit random churches, um, you know, I, I would, I probably was still listen to Pastor Wilkerson from time to time, and um, just slowly, it took years uh, to to get to the place where it just was like I feel no guilt for being in bed on a Sunday morning, and I, um, not do I not miss church. I have there's, I have known I have enough. Come, I've built community yeah. with the people that I work with, with friends that. I love to be with with some people who have needs that I can help them with. And you know what I mean? I've that community that I felt in church that was 90% falsified because the people that were that, that I thought loved me cared nothing for me as soon as I left. Yeah.
0: It's it's you know? not it's not you, it's not you that they connect with in that sense. It's the wow, this sounds so cliché. It's the idea of you. It's the it's the yeah. persona Of you in that Mm -hmm. in that context in that function, and once you're not that that anymore, jazzed
1: up, it's us against the world thing. And then then once you're not us against the world, you're the world.
0: Yeah, you're if you're not an insider, you're an outsider.
1: Exactly, and it's it's total garbage. Um, The last thing that hit me real hard was this last year when when that pastor, who I still thought I was friends with, came to visit. And he let me help him um, help him unload a truck to pull furniture for his sister out because his mom passed away and then I organized and reloaded the entire thing. He took off and I've never heard from him again
0: <laughs> he He allowed you to do that. He allowed How me gracious. to help him.: How nice of him. Oh,
1: what a fantastic, and I thought he was a really nice guy, and it's just like, wow, like you people like. That's hard. That's hardcore. And he was one of the people. You're like, well, they're just not like everyone else. They're different. And the reality is, is it doesn't matter how different they were, if they believed it, they they believed it.
0: Like, yeah, it's I've I've had a hard time. Um, still have a hard time, because I, you know, like so much of your life is there for so long that like so many of the people you know are still connected to it. And even now, like, I've I've cleaned out most of my social media, um, and. Like even like, you know, acquaintances and stuff like that. Like most of it is most of those people are gone and I don't have any contact. I'm still friends Um, with Mrs.
1: Wilkerson on Facebook.
0: See, that's, that's way more than I've, I've got on mine, but you, you still like, I've had a really hard time separating people from the, the religion and the culture it's really hard for me to do at this point because like even even the good the quote unquote good people, um it's just really hard for me to to separate that from like you're even if even if you're doing it with good intentions, you're still doing harmful things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. to not know that at this point, you're either willfully ignorant So maybe you generally don't know, but it's just because you're living with your head in the sand or you, you have heard people say that to you and you're ignoring it, which is worse, but But both are bad.
1: I would, I would, I would urge you to just, when you're, when you're thinking or feeling or, or looking at someone like that, like think about you when you were in. I know
0: people have said that to me too. And that's, that's I, a very, no
1: judge, like no, no, judgment. I know that's a
0: legitimate, like, it's just like, that's a legitimate response. And that's a legitimate, that's hundred percent legitimate. You're right.
1: You look, but the thing is you're dealing with your own pain and you need to deal that deal with that in a way that's healthy for you. Yeah. So it's not going to be the same way that someone else deals with you're it. You're right. And if severing, and I was dealing with, I was dealing with this with my sister. If severing those connections is what helps you heal. Then there's nothing wrong with it. And if I'm I'm not necessarily speaking to you, I'd just be speaking to other people because I still struggle with it. But it's the uh, I've I'm on a different I'm a flip side of the coin that you're on. And I would say part of that is because of my family. But before that, I want to preface it with when I got out, my dad was not out of the church. Mm. He's still not out of the church.
0: Yeah, and that's so that's one my thing own. I wanted to say too. I I love that you and your brother and your well, your sisters. I mean I think all the siblings for the most part are all like you guys are all pretty much out completely and and all that. We
1: we're out. Leah Leah sustained the most fucked upness because she got out pretty much before anyone else. And instead of like being like, let me let me deal with me, she ran right into a relationship with a guy who really fucked her over hard and she's still deal she's still like the best way to describe her is she's exactly who she was when she was fourteen years old.
0: Which is, that's, unfortunately, that's not uncommon in these situations, yeah. too.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But
0: I, what I love, though, is that your family is still so close. Um, And I don't. I mean, well, that's from an outsider, but it, it seems like you guys
1: right, no, are really close. No, no, you're, I, you're absolutely right. I love that. There, I think a lot to do with that is. We were kind of close to start out with. We lost all of, most of our extended relatives. We were never close with any of our extended family. Um, the moving around, I'm sure, helped us sure. be close with each other. And then my mom has probably been the key to a lot of that. Um, my dad has, he's still struggling with where, like, church and God and everything fit in. Uh, he has definitely got a much more healthy view of it. He does absolutely not share my view or Stuart's <laughs> view, but that's okay. Um
0: I and I'd, I think, I love your parents by the way. Um I'll 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 go on record there. Uh great people. Your parents know my parents I think pretty well. Um which is I I think that connection is how I was first introduced to your family, your brother Stuart. but yeah. um
1: yeah. Legacy yeah, is such a big but deal. You're,
0: yeah. Your parents are good people.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I mean, I, I love my parents. They're great. Um, we have like, and again, like the people who think that, the people who look at it from the outside, I was here at the house when we were, I was going through my own crisis of reality. And at the same time, my mom's wearing pants and swearing and doing things that she's never done before my my dad's a
0: pastor of a baptist church and that church, stuff that stuff is only a big deal within this cult that's not yeah, to say it's not uh, a big yeah, deal sorry, because I mean, like in that context it's the biggest deal and those are like crises in and of themselves to like somebody in this so, modality but like just to give context
1: i came home the summer i came home <laughs> this is insane I can't No, no, no This was a Christmas The Christmas before I came home I was home for Christmas My mom wore pants The first time I ever saw her in pants I locked the door to my room I went and locked myself in my closet And I prayed And I cried
0: Yeah I, I, I can understand And relate To that reaction And that might That that probably in, sounds Like a lunatic to people listening Oh but yeah
1: it's totally crazy That's
0: Like that's That's what we're de- Like that kind of That's why I say Like in this In this cult When you're dealing With this stuff That like It's not a, Like of course Women wear pants Like that it, it's insane To even like Make that statement But like In this cult Like that's That's the kind of Stuff we're dealing with Like it's that Nitpicky and that Like closed off That that's That's a crisis In and of itself
1: Yeah Um
0: Man but I, like so, so you're so you're I I would say like your your parents seem like they're still not not necessarily i f b but like your parents are still um sort of like sort of attached to the 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 idea of all of that My dad
1: my dad pastors a church, he has an idea of God. he came out last Christmas, he came out to his church, told them that he he thinks drinking is fine. Told basically, he just totally reversed everything.
0: Yeah.
1: He's good like, for this him. This is what I believe. We had um, two people left the church, and the rest of the people were like, "Yeah, that's fine." So they rewrote the, all the bylaws. Good, good for him. <laughs> and um, I, the church actually, the church that he's a pastor of, they actually use money every month. Um, they help someone in the community. Every month they put out a certain amount of money just to help people. They pay bills, whatever. But one thing that he's working... One thing I know where his heart is in this specific situation is he wants to sell the church because then they could use... The church is paid for, but they're spending all of this money every month on the church to keep it up and running. And they don't need that. And if they sold it, then they could use all of that money to actually really do a lot of good. That's awesome. Which to me speaks to the heart of what a church is supposed to be anyway right, in a community.
0: Right. I agree.
1: Um, well, that's great. He, um, as far as like his idea of God, I don't know that he really totally has one, but I can tell you that he likes smoking cigars and drinking wine.
0: <laughs> Good. I think we'd get along great. <laughs>
1: so, so, yeah. Uh, um, but, I mean, there. that's not to say that there was not some really batshit crazy shit that happened. I'm sure there was. Um, like watching, and, and again, like I, being here in the house, like when my dad had a massive meltdown because my mom wouldn't come on a Sunday morning and um, go into the whole what is God anyway. Right meltdown, like, watching that was extremely, uh, stressful, and there's probably a better word for it, um, like, like, that was insane, yeah. but, um, there, it, I, I don't know, I guess, like, part of me, though, like, watching my parents go through all of this, I feel like, I feel hurt for everyone who doesn't get to have their parents, but I'm also really upset at all of those parents out there who are refusing to have a relationship with their children over this. And at the same time, I want to say to all of the children out there who have lost a relationship with a parent that I have not failed to hold my parents accountable for everything that they've done. Because, and when I say that, I'm not... When I say that, I mean I have, and this is closure that you can have, whether you can say it to a parent's face or whether you can write it in a book, but you need to take a catalog of every time your parents wronged you in one way, whether it was just forcing you to be in a Christian school and giving you this many opportunities in your life or actual things that they did to you physically or personally that were wrong, you need to... and, And it took me years, and I still don't think I've got through all of it, but whether or not you can approach them putting it on paper or just speaking it into the air, dealing with that is going to help you a lot. And, I mean, you don't have to be IFB for that if you've dealt with any problem in the past. And, like, so, okay, like, I just want to, real quickly, like, punishment for me is, I guess I was an annoying child. My dad threw me into the wall several times. He did a a lot of stuff that be considered abuse. It was not systematic, and it was not... It wasn't regular abuse, but you could easily say I was an abused child. Dealing with that was realizing what the abuse was and realizing that I didn't deserve that. Yeah. And then being able to say that to myself. So I am extremely fortunate to have my parents on speaking terms with me today.
0: And I'm glad you do. And I I, that's such a unique... It's... I said, I said this before we started recording. It's it's so unique to me that you your whole family has come through everything they've come through. Um,
1: and we're super fucked up. Like don't <laughs> be like don't don't think we're not. We're super fucked up. We're all of us really fucked.
0: Yeah. I well uh, I, I I mean I I'm not saying I I think you're fucked up, but I it it comes I think it comes with the territory. Um I <laughs> mm-hmm. I think just being a human will fuck you up pretty well just just about every time but especially coming out of you know these circumstances it'll it'll do that that comes with the territory for sure but I think it's great that the, that you are still a, a family and a close family even with everything that you've dealt with and and probably had like very tense moments over some of this and and talked to family and and everything but i I don't know. It, it, that's that's unique and and I think that's great advice for somebody in this situation. It's definitely good advice for me. I'm taking note myself. Um okay. But I, I,
1: I, dude, I, you you have no idea how much shit I feel like when I talk to someone and they don't get to be a part of their family. Like are you familiar with Chelsea at Cooper's situation right now? Yes, yeah. It's it hurts so bad because it's like I don't like what I don't have anything to, to give you like, and I feel like it's it isn't right. Like it's almost a basic right as a human being to be able to have your family. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know that I can say anything that'll help other than the uh, things that I started to do, especially before my dad was out or even at a place where he and he still can't talk about all of yeah. them. But just going through and like. Focusing on um, shit that was beyond my control, that, that was wrong. And Michelle's in the room with me now. And so because of that, I want to say... Oh, can I tell you one funny story? Yeah, of course. And we can course. totally wrap this hi, up Michelle. at this point. Um, uh, Josh says hi, Michelle.
2: She waved. <laughs> uh,
1: but... Uh, so uh, one story... The, the story she loves the most is I uh, was a teenager. And... Uh, I I was probably 14 and laying in the basement, in my bed, tossing and turning and, you know, just a horn ball. And all I can think about are
2: boobs. <laughs> and I'm just thinking about boobs.
1: You know, all I can think about is, and at this point I don't know what they look like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm it's, it's more
0: like them. filling in the gaps at this point. So like, who knows what that looks like in a 14 year old mind. I was the same way. Yeah. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. I have no idea what I, but I'm sorry. I'm just picturing, you know, the like plump uh, tomatoes and, you know, just It's sure more like the and, abstract you know, idea
0: of boobs than like actual boobs. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So I'm laying there and this is, you know, I'm a teenager. So this is just going through my mind, going through my mind. And finally I can't sleep. And I go on to my parents' room. And I get my mom out of bed. And I say, Mom, you have to spank me.
2: I can't stop thinking about boobs. <laughs>
0: Was it, yeah, sure was that I'd because listen. you felt like the spanking would like get it out of your mind or you just deserved yeah,
1: no, no, no. Everybody thinks of the spanking in a sexual way and I didn't, <laughs> you know, because I right, think of right.
0: spanking That was, that and, was like, punishment I need to be yeah.
1: punished because I'm thinking about yeah. boobs, Yeah. You know? but everybody who's not raised in the cult thinks that's the best
0: thing You little in innocent, <laughs> you little innocent <laughs> angel Oh, that's hilarious Yeah, yeah right all right. So I have, I have one. Well, okay. So I, I actually have two questions for you because I like, I, I want, I want to make sure cause there's, we've talked about some important stuff, but then I have one question that I ask everybody, but uh, going back to like some of the, the, like the depression um, and, and anxiety and, and mental health issues and things like that, like just, just because you've like, you've, you've dealt with all that stuff. Extremely well. I, I would from again from an outsider, but it, it seems like it. Um, and I have, not, look.
1: I've been hospitalized a number of times, and at one point I was taken to a psych ward. How I got off the pain meds was by being hospitalized because I was standing on a bridge. I didn't want to jump, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Cop pulls over, picks me up, takes me to the hospital, checks me in. Hospital holds me. And then sends me to the psych ward because they didn't have any beds. I didn't need to go to the psych ward. They just sent me off because they didn't have any beds wow. available. Get to the psych ward. And at this point, I'm about 14, 15 hours into this whole experience. I'm freaked out. I mean, this is my first real experience in like real right. life outside of fundamentalism. Right. And I am freaked the fuck out. Like, I think this is the rest of my life. And when I say a psych ward, it's a lockdown unit. They lock you in your yeah. room at night. They do, the, like, it's not invo- they do the admin stuff where they bring me in the room with the, you have your legal whatever, and then the, the person who's representing the thing, and I've got to sign these forms. Well, these forms are like 50 pages of forms. I don't know what to do. And I've told you I'm not a reader, yeah. but I have no idea what to do, so I just start reading. And I read, and I get like five pages in, and I find something where it said someone at the hospital was supposed to ask me if I, this was okay. And I pointed that out to the legal rep, and I said, this never happened. Oh, let, let me call the, ward, wow. or the warden or whoever it was. Calls them up. Um, wound up 3.30 in the morning. They wind up transporting me back. I completely dried out, and I never took a pill again wow. after that.
0: Wow. I mean, that's, that sounds like it'd be enough to, to do the same to me.
1: Um, I was so freaked out, man.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad you made it through that. First of all,
1: anyway, sorry. So yeah, no, but my,
0: so my question is like, what do you, do you feel like you have advice for, for people that may be dealing with some of that? Like whether it's anxiety or depression or like even like entertaining, like suicidal thoughts or anything like that? Like it's just I I know it's like the, it's that's a heavy question but like
1: it it is so much so because like contextually most of my suicide came from the like my suicidalness came from the environment right. it wasn't internalized so I don't know I was trying to commit suicide to escape my environment not to um escape my life per se sure. I mean, although the environment was my life if that makes sense yeah. um but I mean, if you're feeling suicidal, like... Um, there, I mean, I, I think there are so many things I want to say. I just want to make sure I say them right. It's, like... If you're feeling suicidal... You, you need to find what makes you happy. That's not going to work for... If anybody's listening to this and is dealing with depression... Like, if you're feeling su- suicidal and you're listening to this... You need to call the suicide hotline. I've done that a number of times. That can be really useful. Yeah.
0: You know, I'll, I'll make sure to link that information in the yes. podcast notes for sure.
1: Please. The suicide hotline has helped me on a number of occasions. You can walk into a police department. Um, I know that this has happened with several of my friends. When I would feel suicidal, I would just go for really long walks. I wouldn't have anywhere I was planning to go. I would just go. Um that 's not uncommon. You just disappear people don 't know where you 're at you like I would never take my phone with me. People would freak the flip flip the fuck out you know and that 's not advice that 's just what I would do so i 'm trying to think of what I would tell someone other than if you 're suicidal call the hotline, seek help, but when you 're not that 's time to focus on finding what makes you happy. If you're suicidal, it's because you're, you're systematically unhappy and you are not dealing with that. If I were ever feeling... Sui- my pact with myself today is if I ever get to a place where I genuinely feel suicidal, I'm going to take any money I have in my bank account, I'm going to buy a one-way ticket to Hawaii, and I'm going to stay there until I don't feel suicidal <laughs> anymore.
0: That that's, sounds like a good plan.
1: That's my plan. Now, here's the thing. I'm really attached to my money. So if I don't feel like spending 600 bucks for a plane ticket, I'm not that suicidal. You know what I mean? Like it that suddenly grounds sure. me cuz and I've gotten there. I've gotten to the place where I've been like, "Hey, what's a plane ticket to Hawaii cost?" And I'm doing this and I'm looking and reality starts to sink in and I'm like I need to be happy. And so then, you know, the the adrenaline cuz you almost it's almost like when you really are thinking about ending it, you get this adrenaline rush. If I just rush off into the sunset, or if I just if I just disappear, if I just wasn't here, if I just didn't feel this pressure, and it becomes, if I just, if I just, if I do, just, and you're focusing on what you don't want in your life and what you need to do is find a way to put what you want in your life, because otherwise all your life is going to be is a culmination of just what happens by chance, yeah. which most of the time you don't yeah. want. That, I don't know. That's the best advice I have and I know it no, sucks. No,
0: no, I think that's good. And I I th- I mean I think I think you nailed it. Like obviously ask please, please, please ask for help. Uh not not just for your sake and not just for your not just f- like for the sake of people that love you, although sure for both of those, but like just f- for the sake of I I promise I promise that there are people that would love to help you if you would give them an opportunity I, to do that.
1: I want, I want to say one more thing, and that is if you're suicidal, if, most suicidal people, I believe, are like me. Well, it's a personality type. If you feel suicidal, if you want to kill yourself, if you have friends and they are real, which I'm going to assume they are, they don't know you feel that no, way, pro, no. and you yeah. need to tell them. And one of two things is going to happen. If you tell them and they laugh in your face, they don't need to be your friends. Yep. And you, if you eliminating that person from your life will take away a lot of what's making you feel that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, I think that's good advice. That's that, that advice doesn't suck. (laughs) Um, all right, so the the last question I have for you is the the question I ask all of my guests. It's also a big question. There's no wrong answer. Um, I just like to get people's perspective, and and everybody has a different way of of looking at it. So, the the title of the podcast is "Good Humans." So, the question I ask everyone is: um, In your experience, in your opinion, and from your perspective, what is it? What does it mean to be a good human? What would that look like? What is that?
1: Well, you know, I mean, let's just get really fucking poetic here. Let's do it. 1234 in the morning. I think it means to be just like Jesus Christ. And I think to be just like Jesus Christ, you need to be exactly the opposite of every organized religion that's ever existed and claimed the Bible or any holy book. Because that's all that he was. He went against organization. He went against the man, if you want to call it that all organized religion at the time hated Jesus and despised him.
0: I love it. So be, be (laughs) a a maniac hippie revolutionary, uh, kind, uh, individual
1: (laughs) help people. Organizations have enough money, leave them to it. Give your money to people. If you're going to give money, give your time to people. If you're going to give time, organizations that deserve to live will live and organizations that need to die will die. They don't need your time and they don't need your money.
0: I like it. I like it. I love that answer. Not the answer I was expecting by any stretch. I didn't think we would go back to Jesus at this point, but I like it. That's good.
1: Well, I said recently, I said, I'm more like Jesus today. The real, the Jesus, if you believe it all, I mean, if you can read yeah. The Jesus of the Bible, which most people can't, but the Jesus of the Bible, if you believe at all, what, what is said about or around him, I'm more like that person today, as little as I am like him than I ever was when I was. Oh, hundred
0: percent. I I would say the same for me. Uh, and, and honestly, for most people that, that have, man, I, without putting us on a pedestal, I I would say like for, for most people that have grown, I, I think in the ways we've probably grown in recent years, Um, that's not to say we've made it at all, but yeah, I would agree. Uh, I would agree a hundred percent. You're right.
1: Just not being, not allowing your, or holding yourself accountable for being judgmental.
0: Right. I, yeah, this is a whole other thing, but like, I, I remember like, just like nights laying in bed as a, a very, very young child, just like terrified of going to hell later. I would, I would lie in bed at like 12 or 13, maybe 14 and I I would lose sleep over the fact that we weren't every second of every day telling people this thing that was the most important thing to tell people, which was if they don't do this certain thing, then they'll spend eternity in hell. And I was like, if you really believe, I, I would just, I would lie in bed, like again, guilt-ridden because mm-hmm. I didn't spend my whole day doing that. And I would think if we really believe that, If you, if we really believe that every person we pass on the street could spend eternity suffering because we didn't tell them what they need to hear, how, how do we live with ourselves that we ever take time to like have luxuries or to have, you know, do any recreational activities or anything? Like, how do we not spend every second of every day doing that and not, not able to reconcile that? But I... Yeah, like I, I would say, yeah, I would, I would say, I agree. I, I think, I, I think we probably are a lot more like Jesus now than we were back then.
2: Oh
1: yeah, I mean, and it's funny because you hear pastors say it, but if Jesus showed up in one of these churches, they'd hate us.
0: I, you know, I heard, I heard Rob Bell say. Um, so I, I'm, a, I love, I, I'm a big fan of Rob Bell. I love his. I've read everything he's written. Um, he actually had a documentary uh, documentary made about him. Um, I off the top of my head, I can't remember the name of it, but I I highly recommend it. I'll I'll look it up and shoot the info to you later because um, it's really good. But he said one time that uh, if Jesus if Jesus came back now and found out that someone had started a religion in his name, he'd be appalled.
1: No, yeah, he no he would be
0: shocked and appalled and and would be like what do you you did what like what are you doing uh and that like that struck me because I was the first time I heard him say it I was like what wait what and then the more I thought about it I was like oh yeah he's he's probably right like the mm-hmm. Jesus we read about would be like you did w- that you missed the point again like my whole thing was telling you that you missed the point and I you still, missed it again
1: I'm, I'm really drunk. I still stick to my, my idea, my philosophy that Jesus is more than one person.
0: Oh, I've heard that. It's I've heard that before that too.
1: Jesus was a bunch of pranksters. He's a,
0: yeah, yeah I've heard that before. Um, uh, that he's, he's the culmination of, because it's oral tradition, he's the culmination of a bunch of people. And it was easier to tell the story about it being one person than a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And so it just sort of like melded mm. into one. I've heard that before. That's interesting. I mean, which, I mean
1: it makes a lot of sense. It's just the fact that we don't the fact that we don't know and that people have been telling us for generations that this is a book that is yeah. perfect and is applicable to all points of well, life and yeah. we need to take It labor. being
0: perfect is is also not the point. Re- I would say read or listen to what is the Bible by Rob Bell uh that there's a lot of really good info in that book.
1: I I want to say Without being too rude or crass, uh, just read the read the Bible. The majority of people that have faith or that believe, and that are the biggest thorns in my side, have never read. Yeah, if life. you
0: if you actually read it, um, if you actually read it, it's a different experience. Like really read it, you know. Yeah, I yeah. agree.
1: I actually, I'm oh, sorry, but oh, where did that go into? I had Deuteronomy, I just love this. I think maybe this would be a good way to end the podcast, maybe not. Deuteronomy twenty two twenty eight. If a man encounters a young woman, a virgin who is not engaged, takes hold of her and rapes her, and they are discovered, the man who raped her must give the young woman's father 50 silver shekels, and she must become his wife because he violated her. He cannot divorce her as long as he lives.
0: Yeah, that stuff's in there. So, <laughs> and believe it or not, believe it or not, in the culture at that time, that was a law that was designed to take care of that woman, like in the, in its own messed up way, like because nobody else was yeah, nobody I, else was going to marry her, and that was the only way a woman would be of take care, taken care of.
1: Well, so says a woman's virginity is, well, a woman's worth 50 silver shekels or, or her virginity is, um, but then you're talking about, and I understand your statement, but then you're talking about pairing a woman with her abuser. And so I under, so Josh's point. The idea behind that, I
0: mean, is, is is like, there was some social conscience at the time that was like, well, like you did this, so you're responsible for her now. Because she's, exactly. she's not going so, to live any other way.
1: To parallel that with the fact that fundamentalists believe that this is God's divine word spoken or written through man or spoken through man. Yep. Says that God himself thinks it's a great idea to have an abuser marry his victim.
0: Yeah, that's, that would be. If you take it that yeah, way. Yeah, that would, that's, that's reading the Bible without any education. About the time period in which it was written, the culture and like, you know, exactly. everything, the context and everything that's come before. So, yeah, that that's that's why it's a really danger. It's a dangerous book if if you're uneducated.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And m- most people who are teaching are, are, are uneducated.
0: Are. You're right. Um, yeah. Good point. Uh, you feel good? You feel good about this one?
1: Yeah, I feel great. I'm so sorry. I Don't be sorry. i
0: I've loved this conversation. I think I think the listeners probably will too. Um if not, we had a good conversation and then it was enjoyable and Oh
1: it was a great I conversation. I feel like it was helpful. Let's do it again yeah, sometime. for sure.
0: Um Yeah. You gotta let me before, know before you move to North Carolina. Uh, oh, I I will. Well, I'll tell you right now, we're planning on moving February eighteenth. So that's oh, when. Shit. I'm not that's be when up. we're getting out of here. I mean, we'll be back in the area periodically because we still have like friends out here and stuff like that, and so we'll be out here a couple summers or a couple times this summer. Um, but we also, I I really love St. Louis, so I'm sure that we'll be back in that area again at some point. So I'll let you know if we're ever there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Tell us real quick. Um. All the stuff you got going on, you got like your Andy Hardy show, Hardy Boys Media, um, um, so all that stuff. Tell us, there, plug all your man. stuff. Tell us where to find you.
1: Okay. This is really complicated because I run a social media business with my brother. But I got the Andy Hardy show, which has like less than 100 likes. Um And, and that's on purpose because it is some hardcore content. <laughs> Go over, If you're looking for hardcore content, head on over. You'll enjoy it.
0: I was, I was, um, was going to make a looking, comment there and like help people understand what you mean by that. But I, I don't think I will just go find out. I'll just yeah, say, go find yeah, out.
1: Go find out. You're you either love it or hate it. Um, I, I do parody videos of like major church leaders and fundamentalism. So you'll enjoy that. I do some pretty hard hitting stuff. I've made some videos on Trump. Um, I'm not looking for a giant following there. I'm interested in hearing the opinions of the <laughs> people who want to be a part of that community. um, Party Boys Media is fantastic. We are getting that off the ground. I was just talking to Josh about, you know, working some kinks out. So, I mean, if you need some help with media, if you're looking for consulting, uh, hit us up. Party Boys Media. We're on Facebook. Our website is going to be launched hopefully by the time this pod- podcast goes live. Nice. Um, and then, I mean, I'm a tailor and I'm super into clothing. So, yeah, just hit me up if you need anything clothing-wise. Cool. And Michelle says, I have a lovely wife.
0: <laughs> you do that. You do. Uh, I've met her. <laughs> she lovely is lovely. Um, yes. Yeah, man. Well, I dude, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, uh, especially on such short notice. Um, but I'm, I'm glad we finally got it together. Uh, and
1: yeah, I, I mean, anytime. It's
2: been yeah.
0: And I, I think this is I do think this is a helpful conversation. And um, yeah, I, I think. I think people can get some value out of this we we hit a lot we did a lot so i think there's i think you there's something for everyone like two
1: or three episodes nah
0: nah we're just gonna well this is just one no. nah people can work their way through it it's fine okay. um All right. but yeah man i appreciate it and uh yeah we'll have to do it again sometime i look forward to hanging out the next time we get to do that and um yes yeah dude thank you for thank you for doing it
1: Okay Well now how close are you gonna be to the ocean in North Carolina?
0: Uh, like we're gonna be in like the Raleigh Durham area. so not terribly close to the ocean, but okay. I mean nowhere in North Carolina is terribly far from the ocean either. so
1: Right. Well so I mean so I'm taking shell to see the Pacific Ocean, so we'll have to come out there to see the Atlantic. Sure. Ocean
0: yeah, whenever you so. do that, like if, if you're thinking of like Myrtle Beach or something like that, we can we can make like a weekend or something out of it. That'd be fun. All right yeah. sweet all right dude well i i think that'll do it um people of earth uh if you're still with us at this point thank you for listening uh i love all of you go to the website and get your stickers goodhumanspod.com um just grab a free sticker uh you're gonna you're gonna send a dollar to a charity by doing that and i think that's great so do that uh and until next week be good to each other